1: Welcome everybody to We Have Issues, Geek Elite Media show that's about everything literary. Books, comic books, webcomics, manga, and everything else you might be reading, we're here to talk about them. As always, I am your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick who is always at my side, Hosway. Oh, man. It's been
2: such a sweet week of comics and comics news adjacent. Everything about comics has been great.
1: Yeah, we have a stack of comics to get to, guys, but there are a few things that we need to talk about before we get to it. Uh, me and Oswe, don't we no longer have a show where we can talk about TV and movies and stuff, so we haven't had a chance to really express these opinions yet, but True. Yeah. we got some major announcements on the MCU front. So, I'm going to run down what we currently have planned for the MCU, not just what was in that announcement, but things in the future, and we'll give quick opinions on what we think. Uh, so, the next thing we got is actually in almost a month from today, it's actually sooner, which is the Loki TV show. Ugh, finally. So hyped, it's Liz. Liz is hyped, and Liz doesn't get hyped about these things, really so. nice. It's, it's yeah. such a mystery. Like, what, what the fuck are they gonna go with? Uh, what are they gonna do with it with him? Then they, I think they did confirm that Loki has both a male and a female love interest in the story. Nice, so I'm kind of curious to see where that goes for sure. Um, after a month after that, we finally get Black Widow. Oh, finally, okay, and I think that's gonna be my return to the theaters you are returning to the theaters oh shit yeah. me and liz are we're both vaccinated her husband's vaccinated we're all cool I, I actually tomorrow is my two week you know after you get vaccinated you're supposed to wait two weeks to let it take yeah so after tomorrow i'm i'm done i'm good i can go do whatever so i think that'll be my return to the theaters ah oh, dude so excited for you <laughs> yeah hopefully that mine's too. <laughs> now sometime this summer we're gonna get the what if animated show
3: oh yes
1: that i be excited fun. about that too yeah we don't have a release date yet but we do have a release date, September third. Put it on the calendar, people. This is the day that things change. Shang Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings, comes out, or Shang Chi, I should say. Yeah, uh, he actually corrected the pronunciation on Twitter, and I respect that. So it's Shang Chi. I'm very excited. I'm fucking Dude. excited. And in that announcement video, we saw a little bit more of a clip of the action, which made yes. it look even cooler. So, what
2: do you think? Oh no, I'm just like the fact that we're gonna this year and it's gonna creep up like a lot sooner than we think it is. It's it's practically here.
1: <laughs> and after that, two months after that, we get the movie that I think a lot of people are like, this is kind of like the big gamble yeah. that Marvel's making. Yes. And that's Eternals. Dude. And we saw our first footage, Josue. Yeah. What did you think?
2: I really loved it. I was telling you like last time where it's like the hero shot of like the the po the the team pose, and then you got, like the speedster joining it. It's like at that point, it was just, like, oh, everything was running through my mind, and we're gonna be different people after we come out of that movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a really cool interview about Chloe Zhao after she won the Oscar, where they revealed that oh, yeah. she's actually a huge nerd. Nice. Um, she actually approached Marvel, not the other way around, because she wanted to do a Marvel movie. She was cool. originally trying to do Black Widow, but they went a different direction. But they were like, well, let's keep her name on file. You know, we want her to do something. Yes. And so they did Eternals. And apparently Feige went on site went on, uh, on set with her, saw what she was shooting, and took a sizzle reel back to the Marvel execs. <laughs> and was showing them. And he's like, this is practical footage. There's no CGI. This, she found these shots. Oh, so apparently what? it's going to be absolutely <laughs> beautiful and if you see nomadland you know how beautiful her cinematography can be so fuck okay, so. oh my god yes like yeah,
2: especially after that, after that announcement like when she won hell of fucking big and then it's like oh wait oh that's right at least she still has like the mcu movie coming out fuck yes
1: also she used to write fan fiction and will not reveal what uh fandom she wrote fan fiction for god. so she's just great she's just a nerd through and through this Love is it. so cool uh, after that we have two things that are coming out late in 2021 but we don't have a date yet and that is the hawkeye series yeah i'm so, so excited. good <laughs> it's probably going to be my favorite of the shows i think um and then miss marvel which just finished filming Ooh, yes so i'm really excited about that that's going to lead into something else we're going to talk about in a bit but next after that in december of this year we're still in this year i <laughs> i know Spider-Man Three: No Way
2: Home. Mm-hmm. When we we're getting like these dates back to back to back, and that we were again, we were still on this year. For some reason, this like reveal trailer of reveals of dates was just borderline emotional. It was just like because mm-hmm. we still knew that there was just so much, so much, so much more that they were promising, and yeah, and now it's Spider-Man, and we'll get the whole the the super doubtful Andrew
1: McGuire and Toby. <laughs> and toby cameos yeah they're gonna be cameos at best people are really hyping that up too much and they're gonna disappoint themselves think, <laughs> so. um and after that starting off 2022 which i should say in 2022 we're getting four mcu movies fuck yeah starting off in march with doctor strange and the multiverse of madness i know you're looking forward to this because it's gonna oh, absolutely trip, trip the fuck out like it's gonna be so great
2: oh uh, well, i want to see like Ramy step it up in the modern times now.
1: Yeah, well, he's, it's so, not Raimi anymore. Oh no, that's right. Wasn't it? Well, no, did, no, no, he it, was the, it, it, was, it was. Yeah, he picked it up. Sorry, it was the guy from The Conjuring that originally had it. Yeah, it
2: was like Scott Derrickson who did the first one, yeah. and then I was I was upset about that, but I was like, well, well, shit, we'll see what Raimi can do now. Like a shit, a big name like that for a i like, guess hopefully a horror title, and we'll see what we can what he can work with, what liberty he was at with. Yeah,
1: and then in May of that year, Thor: Love and Thunder. May. Oh, that that's the May movie.
2: Okay, that's going to be a huge, it's a huge movie then, if they give that one the the May title, or the May slot.
1: Yeah, and then, July 8th, we finally find some answers, Black Panther, Panther, Wakanda Forever. Great title. Uh, Oh, for sure. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Let's not speculate.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm happy that they kept it to the original year that they first announced. Man. I think the first yeah. when, the, when the first, all the slots were coming out. Um, they said, it was, I think, it was, I think I remember, if I remember right, it was like February 2022 was the original date ish, but yeah, circumstances and everything, but yeah,
1: shit, they're able to keep it at
2: 2022. So hell yeah.
1: Yeah. Then in November we get the Marvels, Come no on. longer Captain Marvel two. Yeah. So it's going to represent the fact that we're going to have uh, Photon and Miss Marvel probably mm-hmm. in it as well. Um, one of the worst takes I've ever seen was one of those one of those I, I don't even one of those sites that hate women for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Um, said that the fact that it's not called Captain Marvel two shows that Marvel has lost faith in Brie Larson. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> the same fucking haters. I know. I'm just like, dude, just get over it. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I'm fucking. I'm so. This excited. is my
2: wishful like nerd spec is uh, just because it's the Marvels, all of them. It's um. I hope. I hope uh, Blue Marvel gets included, even though he's nothing to do with all yeah. the powers or like tied to anywhere, anyone that there. But still, like, I want him around I- in the MCU.
1: I'm hoping we see Marvel Boy. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: At least one, at form. least some
3: sort of because a, of a we are doing Young voice. Avengers.
1: Obviously, they're building Young yeah. Avengers, but with Miss Marvel, you know, maybe you know. So, and then that leads us to 2023 and a series that I don't think gets enough love, and that is Ant Man and the Wasp, Ant Man the Wasp Quantum Mania. I like those movies. Yeah, like I really do. They're fun, and I mean they might be crap if Paul Rudd wasn't in them, but I really like them. Oh, for so, sure. If it wasn't it Paul Rudd. Uh, yeah for for
2: sure he's like i don't say he carries a movie because michael peña is as far as comedic relief characters is top tier he's he's fantastic you're just smiling and waiting for like his next bit and also like the whole crew like the whole con crew is just they're they're hilarious um but i mean like the first one does suffer from like the villain being just textbook two-dimensional oh the worst is he the worst villain besides maybe malekith in the MCU i want to say so he's, he's just like so fucking boring yeah. um and then they gave him like the yellow jacket suit but but then the second one is actually hella fun like i, I really do enjoy the second one
1: a lot yeah. and that leads us to our last announcement which we knew was coming gardens galaxy volume three yes may 5th of, of 2023
2: i've I loved so, that whole bit though the the, the v- sequels name, na- being named after volumes
1: yeah and then uh we also are going to get the christmas special of course <laughs> uh, they announced so other movies we know are coming like blade um we know there's gonna be oh, yeah. there's at least one more i'm thinking of there's one else that
2: they didn't really drop a, a title for but they've at least like promised it also no no updates on secret invasion yet that's right i mean like that has to just brew like it's like i least drop the name like we still have to see certain like just eggs just like be placed before we can really call it secret invasion
1: yeah i think I think the Marvels is going to give us what we need for Secret Invasion. Yeah. So yeah, but the the the, I mean like no She-Hulk, no She-Hulk. That's the yeah no
2: She-Hulk. That that was a good like one that was missing. Yeah. But the biggest drop, at least like the promise that they've that they're thinking about working on. Yeah. The big four, the the family.
1: Yeah. Fantastic Four. No details, just the number four. Just the number four was was enough. That that. Three seconds got me more hyped than any trailer <laughs> for the other Fantastic Four movies ever. And I'm actually an apology for the original Fantastic Four. I, I gotta get this again. I love Chris Evans and Michael Chiklis. They were great in those movies. Oh,
2: they 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 were fantastic. <laughs> I, w- I gotta get this thing. I want to go again just to, to see like the whole like how they did okay. uh, Silver Surfer. <laughs> I want to see how they did Silver Surfer again. It looks pretty.
1: Yeah. Um. And another quick announcement before I kick it over to host Sway. Uh, they did amount, because we were talking about Ant Man. Uh, the young woman who played Ghost in Ant Man is going to be the lead in Red Sonya. Oh, sick. And, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, the first hot take I saw on Twitter was someone saying, or it was actually on Facebook, saying, um, oh, Black Red Sonya. And I'm like, well, she's half Norwegian. So you're really only focusing on the black half. <laughs> Look Seriously. Someone, like why is that a, why is that a problem she's more norwegian than you are sir.
2: <laughs> like, yeah exactly
3: like, <laughs> people
1: just shut up i know it's so fucking stupid let just let it happen it's it, i just imagine this dude's argument is just like you know i want my red Sonia, almost naked in a chainmail bikini and white as the pure snow <laughs> and a white has to be white. god fucking damn it yeah Ugh. Just yeah, but I'm excited about that. But Josue <laughs> has another big announcement about something that is very, very close to his heart. So I'll give it to you, Josue, God, to go over that.
2: So fucking cool. So for the last three years, it, I mean, it's been kind of just more like of a pre-production known thing that Bitterroot was is being worked on into a movie by uh, Ryan Coogler's production uh, through Ryan Coogler uh, production. So that's that's all fucking fun. And then on Wednesday for New Comic Book Day fuck it got announced that it's just that much more real and it's regina fucking king directing the goddamn movie and which is so sick we were just talking about Zhao like just winning winning hella fucking big and then be like oh yeah and she's doing eternals and regina king also just recently got nominated for her movie or i mean it's for best screenplay and like like like, a couple of them i think she got nominated for that movie got nominated for a couple of them so Fuck yeah i mean like i mean it's virginia king she does not fucking fail she's awesome and then fresh off of just being like just almost there in grasp of like winning big she's doing a comic book movie now and it's one of the best i mean yeah it is one of the best comic book movies because it was 2020's eisner best comic book of the year and god oh i just she's gonna do wonders with this shit she's gonna like and then like how the watchman show was just hella heavy political especially with like everything that happening and like that happened in tulsa and then this having to do with a lot of a lot of racism during the holland renaissance and just like so we get to see the beauty of that part but god damn it it's just gonna this is gonna be like a great horror movie and then like in the most like horrific ways that tarantino loves to play with but it's gonna be told through like an actual true lens and
1: mm-hmm. ah a bit of a movie and it's that much closer and <laughs> i'm so fucking excited dude I can't wait till years from now where we can sit down and draw a line from us to Watchmen to Lovecraft Country to yeah. this, and just see how Hollywood realized ensemble black casts can yep. actually make some money, dude. Maybe fuck give yes. it a shot. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm excited about that. So. <sighs> anyways uh yeah i'm, I'm stoked i I'm, I'm, might have to pick up the book like and oh, start reading it yes Although, god i spent so much money i know Speaking of which as a transition i set a new record this week with money really? spent on comics and i didn't buy a trade i bought nothing <sighs> but issues
2: so i did i did spend a lot because i did buy trades like like an idiot but <laughs> I, mean, I want i wanted them but fuck dude damn it <laughs> let's yeah. let's see
1: it let's hear it <laughs> All right, so we start off, as always, not with a bang, but a boom. The biggest fucking <laughs> boom. <laughs> and starting off with uh, my solo book, Firefly, Brand New Verse. Nice. Obviously, it is uh, the, the Firefly series that takes place years later, um, written by Josh Lee Gordon, illustrated by Fabiana Mascola, colored by Lucia D. Giammarino, and letter by Jim Campbell. Um The big reveal last issue was we were visiting Simon and Kaylee and they have babies and they're cute. And basically the entire issue is spent like getting to know their new reality as well as dealing with this unconscious girl. And there's some really cool twists. I'm not going to spoil the twist or anything like that, but it's just really fun seeing Kaylee and Simon again. You find out that they named their kids. um, what What the fuck? It was so fucking stupid and I loved it. It was very Kaylee. Um, I'll, I'll find it because I want to get it exactly right. Um, anyways, while well, I'm pulling it up. But th- th- yeah, there's a big mystery about the girl that that they met. And she's... um. There's something going on with her. And it ties back to, if you're a big fan of Firefly, you know, Earth that was. Like, Earth no longer exists. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. This girl lived on Earth. Oh, yeah, and they've been gone from Earth for thousands of years. Yeah. Or 500 years, I think. Yeah, it's 500 years they've been gone from Earth. So how did she live on Earth? Earth is destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's the mystery. So it's really cool. Crazy okay, cool. The, the kids' names are Ted Wynnum <laughs> and May Winnit. <laughs> God damn it, that's so dumb. <laughs> like, Yeah, so love this book. Uh, I already said last week it's justified its own existence just by showing me them together. So oh, yeah. but I, but it just gets better and better and I really enjoy it. Um I'm really starting to like Zoe Wash's daughter too. Her character's really developing well, I think. So Next up, we got two boom books or three boom books that we share. Let's start off with Magic the Gathering number two. Hell yeah. So I got a hidden planeswalker variant. I've already shown this way, but I'm gonna make it dramatic
2: yes oh so good I, and the fact that the spine colors really stick out i'm really gonna look out for that one
1: yeah my my boy at um at samurai uh comics i, yeah. I was like i was like oh is there only one i don't know which ones are you know which Walker this is and he's just like oh yeah yeah there's there's a couple ones and he's like i can tell which one and he's like there's one that um daniel warren johnson does and I'm like, well, that's the one I want. And he's That's like, the only okay, one I want, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, okay. And then he looked. He told me you can look at the spine and see the colors and you can tell which one it is. And I'm oh, like, nice. ah, my man. So he hooked <laughs> me up and I got it. And uh, yeah, dude, I'm feeling so much like playing, uh, playing Magic again.
2: I know, right? I was it's sitting there reading this,
1: like, I want to pick up some cards. And I was like, no, Keith, no. Don't start <laughs> that addiction again. So quick creative team rundown written by... Jed McKay. Yes. I'm going to talk about him in a moment. Drawn by Iguara, colored <laughs> by Ariana Consoni, and letter by Ed Dukeshire. Okay, real quick. Uh, Jed McKay gave away his his invitation <laughs> to the Hellfire Gala uh, to somebody to, basically for charity. It, it, was a, it was auction, and if you win, you donate the money to a uh, trans rights charity of your choice. He get, provided a list. Um, I won. and uh i um i ended up bidding 145 dollars
2: fuck
0: yeah which
1: which the limit i set for myself was 150 so that was and um i donated it by the way to a texas-based trans charity because those kids need the help fuck yeah um so fuck texas anyways uh so he sent it to me along with a signed copy of black cat number one Sick ass and fuck. <laughs> I cannot wait to meet him at a con and have this discussion with him. And it's just so great. I'm very excited. And you guys know we're very excited about the Hellfire Gala. We're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. I'm very sure. So, yeah. <laughs> but about this book. Uh, I really, I'm really, i really digging this. Yeah, it's, it's hella fun. It's like a D&D comic. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of the D&D comics that I've read. It's these like it's this random group of people that are kind of thrown together and have to work together to solve a problem you know and they have different like methods they have different motivations but you kind of like each of them like I I really really dug this book I don't know all that much about the Ravnica guilds that was not something I really jumped into as I said my magic lore is kind of older than that for the most part but yeah like I kind of stopped really paying attention with the first wave of planeswalkers okay like, cause I I have a Gideon Jura, actually, nice. And like, I remember a friend of mine who's actually a friend of Stephen's too. Our friend Stephen Clark, um, uh, one of his, our mutual friends, was like, every time I see him, he's like, you know, give me that Gideon. Like, if uh, I saw him tomorrow, he'd probably say it. And I haven't seen him in five years, <laughs> so like, he hey, just kept telling me that. Oh, no. Give me that Gideon. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, that was the last time. So catching up on the lore and being familiar enough with stuff that I'm like, Oh, I remember this, you know, that was really mm-hmm. cool. So
2: what about yourself? What'd you think? Uh, no, this is really cool. Cause it's like the whole Ravnica and the Guilds is basically when I, when I started playing magic. So it's kind of, kind of familiar with me. Uh, but then there's those, like the touch and go. Cause I'm not going to keep up with magic. Every single fucking set. That's ridiculous. Yeah. When I'm still buying comics. Um, but I do, I do keep up with like some of the lore or at least like what every other Im- um, set or expansion is, is about because sometimes it does touch back on certain, uh, guilds or places like Innistrad that just is like more of my, my fancy with my decks. So I don't know what, what, are the, what are the updates on there? And I think this comic is actually like taking place. Why we focus on these three is taking place with the events that happened that transpired right after the last big event, which was War of the Spark. Cause they keep referencing like the planeswalkers that have the Spark and the War of the Spark was just. A crazy and especially also with the whole like nizette being the one dragon ruling over the five guilds that's right. basically what happened at the event at the events of that one and it was a, it was a really cool set there's a really great trailer with liliana um just like commanding like the zombies in like in the field and i was playing to this uh i think it's in the in the end by linkin park but i like, can slow down it reversion of it it's really yeah. fucking epic and really cool um but anyway but coming back to the comic and kind of what i do and don't know of like uh, of magic it was a really nice touch of seeing like the cyclops dude when they do go back yeah. to like the council because when i yeah. started he was just a regular card a really expensive card to put out and there's like an eight drop it's ridiculous but i always remember that fucking name um but he was like a regular Gru- uh, person from gruel uh, from the gruel tribe so to see him be an actual guild master now is like fuck dude you come up a long way like fuck yeah <laughs> Cause i didn't
1: know that nice i love the last page reveal usually we don't like talk about last page reveals all yes. that much but, I mean, we talk about them, but we never reveal what it is. But Tezzeret, that's yes. just an awesome full-page shot. I loved that. So. And it was so, God, I can't believe I didn't think
2: about it. Because I, I didn't know who it could be. Especially because like they were just pointing fingers, uh, fingers to uh, Lazav, who is actually a commander of mine on one on one of my decks, on my Demir deck, Demir commander deck. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, shit, don't fucking just point the fingers at my boy and he's not even there but it's like god it, it really would be him it, it all points to him and then the last page was like oh of course i'm just i'm an idiot and i was just jumping the gun with everybody else and just wanted to point fingers too yeah. no, it's, it's really cool i'm, re- I'm really liking this, this comic yeah it's great i'm really enjoying it i love the art
1: i love yeah. the writing it's just a lot of fun so the covers by meto Calera. oh yeah cool. totally uh next up we're gonna talk about proctor valley road number three yes Written by Alex Child and Grant Morrison. Drawn by Naomi, Naomi Franquise. Colored by the wonderful Tamara Vaughn villain. And letter by Jim Campbell. Um, aren't you glad you started picking up this book? Dude, it's great. It's so good. Um, for a reminder for our viewers, this book is about four young girls in the 60s, 70s? Probably 70s.
2: Mid-60s, yeah.
1: Oh, 70s, are you right? Yeah, because Joplin, I think she made it into the 70s when she was the biggest. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... And basically, they want to go see Janis Joplin. That's the whole purpose of all these problems that they're having. But a bunch of horror stuff starts happening. Some kids go missing. And they basically are getting blamed for it. And they have to do a bunch. And this was a really good next step in this. Yeah. Um, we get way more of our big bad, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we start to see a little bit of a divide between the kids and the girls, which I think is interesting um whereas one says she's thinking about asking the guy out and the other one's like so was i it's like yeah i was like nah, <laughs> come on <laughs> like don't do this not over a dude like <laughs> so um but yeah it's really cool i'm i'm really enjoying it i love the distinct character for each of them um i'm trying to remember cuz the first page is like the principal yelling at them and literally introducing each of them like again yeah. and i think they did that in page in issue two like they did a this is this person this. i think they do quick intros in each book and i really dig that because they did the first one but it was like page long right with like with the cops or like at one point where, when they were being interrogated and
0: it was yeah. uh,
2: and the black chick was like pretty like like barking back at them it's like you guys don't know like i know my fucking rights basically
1: yeah, um, I love yeah it. The- they reintroduce this every issue which i re- it's very tv show you know, it's yes. like previously on, you know, like, so that's really cool. I dig that.
2: Well, like in the way that he's like throwing, throwing like the shade it's just like, it's instead of like kind of setting up a whole scene to just like kind of get to know him in this way. It's just like a quick way to kind of see their problems, even though we're, they're just being, their dirty laundry just being thrown out in front of them, which kind of sucks. But at least we kind of see why, why they've been struggling or what's been going on in their mind too, before just, yeah, like I said, before it's just instead of just setting up a whole scene. Yeah,
1: definitely. Really, really enjoying that.
2: Um, yeah, no, especially like the monster stuff. Like once we do get to, like the supernatural stuff, it is it is really cool. It's like I get why like the friend was just like, yeah, me too. I'll, I'll ask him out as well. Like it's like in the whole uh, adrenaline of like near death. It's like, uh, but like yeah. think of your friend, bro. <laughs> yeah, don't be a dick. She called dibs. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and shit, she literally had. It wasn't like even, like a secret crush or anything.
1: Yeah, and that brings us to our last boom book. Oh, and I saved this for last because as I, as we always say, we don't start with a bang with a boom, boom. but this is the biggest, might be the biggest boom of the week. Holy fuck, fuck yeah. dude. <laughs> so, okay. Seven Secrets. Written by Tom Taylor. Drawn by Danielle DiNuculo. Colored by Walter Bayamonte. And lettered by Ed Dukeshire. Okay. So, as we know, our heroes were able to escape by using one of the secrets. Yeah. And the last thing we heard was, "You idiots, don't you know what you' done? don't you worry- don't you wonder what happened to Atlantis? yeah, and then our heroes were in another world they they had to travel for a while to get free. Well, this opens up with the world panicking, and we don't know why, yeah. and it's really cool, and I'm kind of like, Oh shit, what's happening <laughs> and the crew comes back, and they're in uh they're in Paris in the catacombs actually that's where they come out, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> And they're like, hey, we know blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, the um, they're just trying to do their thing. And they're like, well, basically what happened when we released the secret? And they found out what the secret was. It was a weapon. It was a country killer. And it says, Switzerland is gone. Like the a whole perfect, nation. A perfect country killer. Burned away to its borders. So it's shaped just like Switzerland. Yeah like it's just
2: a like there's a good shot like the the the, the top middle. Yeah. Like it's literally just like I don't want to say like, I don't want to say a crater, but it's just like a sky shot of terrain and it's just like black, not a not a hole, but just black of the border of Switzerland is like oh
1: shit. Yeah. It was intense. And uh from there we got some really cool action scenes. We get to see some characters that really haven't done much yet. Yeah. Like, Ching was so cool in this. Like, stealing the bus and stuff. I really enjoyed him. And I love that, uh, like, is it LaQueta and Fallon? LaQueta doesn't speak, I guess. And I'm mm-hmm. really digging that. And i like, oh, I just really, it's turned into this awesome, like, spy thriller. Like, it was originally. But it was more, like, it was more all ages until about two issues ago. And oh, now totally. it's kicked into a full-on spy thriller. Like, awesome spy thriller. Like, Kingsman.
2: Or even with, like, the drama, too. With, like, the, kind of, the whole, like, uh the kid's backstory in the last issue mm-hmm. was like the, almost like the, the, the bringing up with like in the, the fray world is like, Oh shit. Like it, it just gets heavy at points. And it's like, Oh fuck, we've entered
1: a whole different story now. Like we've, we've grown up in the story.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's just so good. And we get a tease at the end that there's probably still a traitor in the ranks. So. <sighs>
2: don't let it be the, the, the blonde kid like just be like, Oh, just because I was afraid. It's like, just don't, don't let it be that kid. I have a theory. Who is it? I think it's Kanto. You still. Uh, is there something, and I don't want to
1: say it's because of the man. They literally wear a mask. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I hope it's not. But I don't know who I want it to be because I like everybody. So I know I love everybody too. What if it's his mother? <gasps> what if she's upset because the father died? <gasps> Did I just crack the code? Tom Taylor, me. let me know if i correct the code <laughs> <laughs> whi podcast keith <laughs> all right so we're gonna go ahead and move on and we're gonna switch uh we're gonna switch channels now to talk about a different publisher and that is going to be idw yes uh, we do have an idw book this week and it is a channel favorite kanto in the city of giants Canto.
0: Uh,
1: now Kanto is created by david Bower and drew zucker I want to give Drew credit because he's not actually working on this book. But right. It's always worth getting it. So the story is by David Bower, Arts by Sebastian Pries, Letter by Anne World Design. And uh, this is the story of Kanto and the witch. And they have to slay this monster to get the loyalty of the dragons. And what do, what do you know? It's a labyrinth. And <laughs> it's great. Meanwhile, the other two cantos are protecting the giants who are buried up to their necks. And they have to fight a cool beetle monster, which is awesome. <laughs> Um, this was really a lot of fun I really enjoyed this and it felt different than every other Kanto story I've read so far oh totally at least like we're we're finally
2: being like it's like two out of three issues in but we can actually be sunking into the story literally yeah. into a labyrinth Um, yeah this one actually felt very different but at the same time very very fun yeah
1: and then the shrouded man confronts Kanto and basically says the witch is going to betray him and then seemingly she does but I don't think she's going to seemingly <laughs> I really do think like in the beginning there's like the little
2: bit of just like some of animosity between the two, but the whole little slaver, I'm here to help you. I God, I I want to buy that so bad. Yeah, it's yeah. I think so. I think we're good there. So and also with the whole like with uh when we talked to, the, to them like way back when, and there was like that other person that kind of did shout out, "Hey, is canto's name pronounced Ganto instead?" Based on like there was like the whole reference like to a song, and now kind of want to feel like it's like it's it's backed up in this issue. When they were talking about like the the pharaoh item, and it's like what it means iron, and in Spanish like like metal or iron, it's uh it's fierro, which is like mm-hmm. with the double R like that. There's an I, yeah, sure, but it's again very fucking close to what they're saying. So it's like, damn, I want, I hope it is just yeah. it is it's, Canto. It's
1: Latin, isn't it? The yeah, it is, So, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, we have one issue left to go on that, so we'll Before give it a review next finale. time Yeah, and then we get Canto three. Yes. So. I'm loving these little bridge stories they're doing with Kanto. Like Absolutely. Like the, the Clockwork Fairies. The one shot, and then to this yeah. one, yeah. Yeah. So, all right, that takes us over to another publisher that we've been talking about quite a bit lately, I would say, mm-hmm. and that is going to be a Blaze, Blaze Comics. Um, the main reason we talk about a Blaze is this book, Eros and Psyche. Yeah. Uh, written and drawn by Maria Lovett, with lettering by Seda Timofonte. This book is tripping me the shit out, dude. It's very good. Let me make that clear. I'm Mm -hmm. really enjoying it. Uh, But But it never reveals enough to know or to
2: really follow as much as you think you're going to like, you're kind of grasping it. Especially when it's like, it doesn't really necessarily pick up right after the last one either.
0: Yeah.
1: It's also, it's emblematic of a flawed narrator. Like, yeah they're not omniscient. And she's just, and she's telling the story as she would tell people. It's almost like she's telling the story to someone who knows what happened. Yeah. So that like, makes sense. so like, for instance, if you, if like, let's say you're given a statement to the cops, right. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you know, say so-and-so got into or went into that building. You would say they went into the bank. You wouldn't describe what a bank is. You know what I mean? Like, like, so if no one knows what a bank is, like, it's like, kind of like that. It's like she's a flawed narrator and she's telling the story as if she's telling somebody who knows what's going on and at least just needs the details. And I really like it because it gives us a chance to piece things together. Oh, totally. Like she keeps just talking about how, you know, when they, um, when, the, what's, what would what they call it? When they get confronted in the room or whatever, um, the rose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Passing through the rose. She just keeps saying it like we should know what it is right like what, what, with everything that happens and i really dig that like that we should know all this and we are slowly learning it also this page blew me away oh like right the way it was constructed like all of them together on one side and her by herself and that was just yeah. so good like i really really enjoyed that so. and then it's like
2: pretty much like all, not the votes but like the names drawn just like literally right in the middle like drawing the line
1: yeah, it's just so
0: good.
2: No, it's like it's funny you mention that because like there are like particular pages that really stick out, like and just like make you think. Like, for, I mean, first, first and foremost, I love that we start with like the blank frame in, almost yeah. in every issue. I just I don't know why I, I like that detail about each other book. It's like it's thing. It's like it's theme. But in the first scene, when they're just like they're just talking, like in the putting the meadows up against like the fence. Yeah, I like this page where it's like it's like the four panels like, on each mm-hmm. page. But then again, I get like it's like it's supposed to be moving, like the scene's supposed to be moving. But then the way she Maria positions like these two together, as like it is almost like how like they're looking at each other, and it's like on purpose, of being other, in, yeah. opposite of each other, but in the same position of like the like being on the, on the third slot. So I thought that was really cool, just like just positioning our framing, like little spots. So yeah, it's one that's like again, like it, it I guess it. is, you're right, it is talking to you, like you had to be there scenario, and it's like. I wonder if we will get that review to kind of go back and like figure it out and like once it, once we do get that review and reread it over it'll just make sense
1: yeah and then the, you mentioned the empty frame thing one thing I love about this when we do have cons again this Ooh. is just like a blank cover that's true you can get them to do a sketch and sign right there that'd be so cool so <laughs> um, all right moving on to our next publisher, which is a publisher I bring up for two purposes, <laughs> and one purpose is Rick and Morty, and the other purpose is the one I have today, Oni Press with Suko Meet Her World Number Two. This is one of those issues of Suko that hits way too close to home for me and Liz. So, um, written by Annie Griggs, illustrated by Abigail Starling, colored by Andrew Dollhouse, and letter by Crank. So, basically, they're all called into a meeting. And everybody's like, "I'm gonna get fired," basically. Like, and I, I've been there. Like, literally, my company laid off a bunch of people last year, and it was yeah, like, "I remember you talking about those times." <laughs> they were just like, "You'll know in six months." I'm like, "Thanks." So, um, so they're all standing there trying to figure out what the meeting's for, and they're thinking things like, like my favorite character is like, "Please fire me! Please fire me! I should go to grad <laughs> school. This is supposed to be a pit stop job." <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, and then he's like, no, you guys actually did really good. You're getting rewarded. And so he hands like prize envelopes to everybody. And the girls open theirs and it's, it's uh, a ticket to go to a paint and sip where you drink wine and paint. Okay. And so the girls are all like, oh, that sounds like fun. And the guys ones all say like celebration to be determined. And they're like, that's weird (laughs) that they're sending all the girls to do that. Yeah. So the girls go and they're just kind of like, you know, this is weird that, you know, where all the girls are here and they're kind of dealing with it then one of them checks instagram and the boys are on a fucking yacht that they rented no and they're all just like hanging out and stuff and networking so the girls get pissed assholes yeah so the girls are like you know what no we're not gonna stand for this so they go down to the dock and they find the yacht out in the water but they need a boat and they and they're like we're gonna take that speedboat and the guy's like oh that belongs to a theater troupe go ahead and take it they ruin midsummer night's dream (laughs) and they get on and there's a bunch of pirate costumes on there so they all dress like pirates yes and so they're literally on a speedboat boarding a yacht dressed as pirates oh fuck and basically they get on there and they're like this is bullshit you can't have a boys only party that's significantly better than what you gave us and and they're very much doing the boys only shit where they're just like hey man you know i'll help you out and stuff like that so they basically shame them and in the end, the president of the company, who's actually a nice dude, is kind of like, you know, this is actually a really bad visual. I didn't think about this very well. <laughs> so, God damn it. Yeah. So he basically is like, sorry. And then they all they all kind of made nice at the end. But it was really good. But it did hit way close to home for me and Liz because right. we've dealt with some sexist shit in the workplace. And I'm always with her because she's my best friend, you know, so... <laughs> I'm never like I'm with the boys. I'm like no, I'm with Liz. So <laughs> the yeah. first thing you would do is text her like, "Yo,
2: this is bullshit." This is the emo we got. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I really like Akatsuka. So yeah. Moving on, we're going to talk about a publisher we talk about occasionally, and that is Behemoth. Hostway has totally. a p- book for us. Uh, you promised me darkness, number two, right? <laughs>
2: Yeah, he promised me darkness. God, like you have to promise me information? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'll, I'll see this one through. I'll, I'll see it through. But again, like it's not so much like we have like the flawed narrator. We just have the crazy narrator. Like it's <laughs> like it. It is like the alien dude, and it's like and all like the the narration, like the, the squared boxes, like the the omnipotent person, like the, talking to you. Like, yeah, fuck it, the narrator. The narrator, fucking he just talks in his own way. Like if you were in his head instead, like he'll say something, he'll say something like overbearing or just like a little over the top. And he'll it'll literally say, like, yikes, or like, oops, like shouldn't have said that. And it's like, I, I get it. And then he'll just, there'll be parts where it'll ramble on. And it's like, you get drawn in. Cause like, you think like, oh, this like, this is like the information, like the hidden messages in here, but then it'll literally ends like, oh, oops, I rammed along for a little too long there. And it's like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> but then, like, we do get a hit with the team because, like, there are people with powers because of uh, the comment. But, I mean, like, one of them being, it's like there's, like, a, a talking cat that can teleport you anywhere based by it transforming into a giant furball. <laughs> so it's like, it's literally go into it and instead it becomes a wormhole. Uh, but, yeah, this is one, like, I kind of do need... Uh, at least two more issues. Like hopefully I was, the next issue doesn't give me the information I need to kind of tell what's been going on, or just trying to kind of put the right information together. I even went back and read the first one again just to see, like, oh, maybe together they'll make sense together. But it's like, fuck, it's just a lot of like lore dumping. It's like all, all at once where I just kind of like want to piece it together, and the whole thing kind of is also like in just black and white pages, just just like mm. how
1: very matte too, very flat, very matte, matte like. And all
2: the pages are like that old school, like not construction paper, but like that thick paper that you kind like, of actually feel. Yeah. Kind of. Um, but yeah, even still, it would, a girl walks home out at night, the, the comic,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, it was just very black and white and not so much just like sketch it, like drawing. It's just like the, the pages are just like avoid sense of blackness. Just to fill it.
1: I love this because it, it's not like they filled white and black. It's yes. like they filled black and white. It's exactly
2: like that. And some and, and it's really cool. A lot a lot of pages, a lot of panels really do stick out like in, in a really good way. Like yeah. this guy. This is the narrator oh, I'm talking about. Yeah. This is a crazy looking guy. But then you have like pages where you can't really kind of make out what's been going on. Mm. At, or like this person in the back really does get lost in like the blackness around. Um, so yeah, this is one I, I just do need a little bit more like, to actually follow it because right now we're just following being told by a crazy alien. <laughs> <laughs> looks cool. It look visually looks great. Who's, yeah, no, I cool. creative team on that. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, by through Behemoth and it's Damon Connolly because Damon Connolly's you promised me darkness, and then Annabella Mazzaferi I assume could be the let, the letter. Nice. Yeah, because it's just, it's just these two names, and it is also, like I tell you, a black and white book, so it's
1: not a big team. Yeah, there's obviously another colorist. So. That's ironic. We both have a, a black and white book this week. I'll talk about one in a bit. So. Oh, nice. Uh, all right, we're moving on to a publisher we've taken a shining to lately, and that is Aftershock Comics. <laughs> when you said, um,
2: and we get this publisher because of, for two reasons, I was curious to see what the second reason was. I thought you were going to go with Aftershock, and one of re- one of the reasons being the info page. <laughs>
1: Oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah, the wonderful, beautiful info pages. So, Josue, <laughs> you did not pick up Silver City number one. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, I'm going to talk about it.
2: Oh, wait, let me, let me see. Oh, shit, it's red. Let me see that info page. Oh, yeah. because I, I didn't get that one. Ooh, nice. Oh, that's a good red. That's a deep yeah. red.
1: <laughs> uh, so, written by Olivia Quartero Briggs. Art and colors by Luca Mur- Murley and letter by Dave Sharp. So, the story opens up in an airport. And we see a bunch of people there. We see a couple that are, like, arguing, uh, just having an argument. We see a, a a woman with her young child, and the kids listening to music, and it's just all these people living their lives. And then on the very first page, at the very bottom, we see a plane crashing, coming yeah. in. And then I sent you the shot of the plane actually hitting the terminal. <laughs> right. And... They're listening to "Don't Fear the Reaper." By the way, uh, so um, and then it's great because it's just it. Like I'll show you the transition, no sweat, because I want I want you to see it. So uh, once again, we see the we see the plane hit the terminal, mm-hmm. and everybody's flying around. Yeah, sorry, and then immediately brutal. darkness.
2: Oh okay. Oh, it's like okay. someone just hit the lights. Yeah,
1: and so basically everybody dies. Is the story. Mm-hmm. And a guy shows up and he's like, I check, please. And so they check, check her eyes like, all right. And he's like, oh, you passed on. You're part of a mass casualty event. And she's like, what are you talking about? And so and we're following our main character who is pretty dope. Actually, her name is Rue. And she's um, she's hot. Uh, so <laughs> um, This is her right here with her boyfriend. Oh, okay. They were the ones having the argument.
0: Mm.
1: So they died, you know, arguing basically. And they get separated. They're like, you go this way, you go this way. And we get taken to this awesome gothic city. Like, you can see some of the architecture here. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And basically, uh, she meets up with a group of punks with, like, like mohawks and stuff. And they're like, oh, you haven't been awakened yet. And they start using terminology, you know, that you would normally, you know, Mm -hmm. the kind of thing when you go to another world, they would know and you wouldn't know yet and stuff. And you get assigned, like, roommates and stuff. And you still have to work for rent in the afterlife, is the story. And it's like, that's weird. But there's something really dark and sinister going on here, because uh, basically you're given a new body, and you can't die, but it doesn't heal. And so there's patches, which are these people right here, that literally have skin grafts to replace injuries that they have. Oh, oh, okay. like it's different colors and stuff yeah it's really cool but the really grim part is the little girl that was in the explosion she pops up a couple times and like uh, there's something grim going on is what i'll say i don't i don't want to even speculate it but then they're like yeah it sucks but there's some good things like getting front row seats to bloody fantastic shows and pretty sure that's janice joplin singing right there oh well fuck yeah so I'm like kind of like, oh this isn't bad. Like and she she basically meets a bunch of new a bunch of characters, a bunch of friends and stuff like that. They're trying to like establish her with a relationship. But there's a really cool like um there's a really cool like arc coming, I think, because like like see here, I'll give you that shot. That's the little girl. And there's these like gothic vampire looking Oh my women, god, I love like, them. Yeah, so much and they're threatening her and Rue shows up to save her and Rue passes out so it's already a cool idea I really really enjoyed this there's no, also it the legend of-, of the silver knight which is like a superhero for this world yeah so yeah I really liked it so what were you gonna say
2: um no the premise is very similar to this uh this novel series I, I really really loved it's called uh dead harvest by mm-hmm. Chris Holm and it was a really interesting uh, premise where in this in the the in the afterlife in this i guess in this take it's uh you could just like go into the afterlife and just that's it or if you kind of like were still attached or were or, or too scared to kind of like submit to going going through that process you could technically come back like you work for the afterlife kind of like RIPD but yeah. it's um but it's like you get Right, right, that's, that's what it was instead of like going to hell you could do this job sorry it was this way because it was more of a punishment uh to live eternity this way and it's um you go and get the damn souls for hell it, it, instead of instead of going to hell you, you kind of become a demon in your own way and it yeah. becomes like and it becomes but it's very it's written very pulpy very because it's a very uh pi detectivey um because like this dude who kind of has like a, his, a little sense of morality Instead of going and possessing a random person to go out and do these jobs, he, he literally just like, this, when you have this a job, you just stick your hand in the person's body and you just rip out the souls for them. But this person who kind of has like a moral compass, he goes in, to a morgue and gets like a recently deceased body so he can just like possess that for a while. But it's actually a really interesting take to just like, instead of going to hell, you do this by getting condemned s- souls. So, and yeah, this after, weird afterlife, like pseudo afterlife. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I might go back for this one.
1: Yeah, with this one we don't have anything about like what jobs are or anything yet. Okay. Um, so, but it, it's already a really cool world. Like you saw the visual; it's really gothic architecture. Yeah. And I'm really interested. So, uh, next book for AfterShock, I have the final issue of Scout's Honor. Oh, five. nice. Uh, oh, the orange intro page. <laughs> really nice orange. <laughs> Written by David Popose. Uh Art is by Luca Casalingueta. Coloring by Matt Mia and Carlos Mangual doing the lettering. So, this is the one, of course, Boy Scouts in the Post-Apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, young woman posing as one of them is discovered. She's kicked out. Uh, she discovered they're really corrupt, too. She's kicked out. And this did a really good job of subverting my expectations in one really important way. Ooh, okay. Nice. Um, I, I, first of all, I loved the book. I'll just throw it out there. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, so, as far as, like, quality review, get it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, so the Scoutmaster is the um, father of her best friend the guy that kissed her right when he thought she was still a guy or did he that was the whole thing Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like oh is this going to be a love thing are they going to be in love and like I was like that's interesting because she's like I talked about like her gender identity was never actually confirmed if she thought of herself as a man and you know like or if she wanted to be a man there was no like confirmation of anything like that so it's okay um And so I kind of had a headcanon of what I thought was going to happen. And it got kind of flipped, turned upside down, if you will. Um, So in the end, part of what I thought would happen happened, which is the Scoutmaster and Kit get into a fight. And then the Scoutmaster's son ends up killing the Scoutmaster to save Kit. Which I was like, cool. Okay. And now they embrace. No. He's gay. Uh He likes men. And it's, it's not outright said, but basically it's kind of like, he's probably not interested in her because she's a girl, actually. <laughs> like, I thought that was, was really interesting. And the Scoutmaster, um, basically, like, before he dies, was basically saying, like, the reason his son is gay is because she corrupted him, basically. Mm-hmm. And tried to blame it on, uh, blame it on her, and she's just, you know, like, and he's just like, um... she said, I saw what you did with my boy. Was it your degeneracy that drove him to seek the solace with other men to sully the bonds of our brotherhood with wanton lust? And it's just like, you know, it wasn't enough for you to taint the Ranger scouts with your feminine poison. You tried to take my son with you. And that's when the son sneaks up behind and stabs him from behind. So, Oh shit. But yeah. And so basically it's like, like imagine fallout. If they ended up calling a peace between raiders and your settlers and you actually work together, that's basically in the end what they're trying to do is work together to fix everything. So, I, um, really I, cool. I try to apply that to um, my Afterworlds
2: camps, and then they just like laughed in my head. It's like that'll never happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I really really enjoyed this run. I'm very excited. Um, if you guys see anything David puts out, he's just a great writer. Um, look forward to. He has a Kickstarter for the Oz issue two coming out soon, which was the first issue was excellent. So, oh yeah yeah. yeah we're definitely going to be uh, funding that one again. So next up aftershock project patron. Oh baby. Did you get it? I can't yes, remember. I, yes. Okay. I, I really did like this one. So yeah, you caught up from the last one too. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, drawn by Patrick Piazza lunga colorist is Carlos Lopez and lettering by Hassan Um So this is the one where basically their version of Superman died. And now they have, like, a replicated Superman that people can control. But because he's so powerful, it basically takes years off your life every time you do it. And the guy that's in charge drops dead while doing so and causes a bunch of damage. And that's where the first issue ended. Mm -hmm. Now we're basically dealing with the fallout of that and all these people having lost basically their leader, the one that they all look up to and everything, and trying to grasp what this means and everything. Uh, So what do you think? I want to kick to you first since you are catching up from the first issue.
2: Not really, really, really cool premise. I mean, like you did review and not spoiler, but you did talk about the first time around, which made me go back and get it. It's like, yeah, no, this, this is a really, really cool take, and I like to see Orlando's like having these like original ideas with superheroes, like the the president over on image, and I think like, this one being like like a cybernetic one. Especially and, and I love how what, the way this one opens, like right after like how the first one ended, it's like just dropping like on a on a highway, and everybody's just, like yo shit superman who should we should help him right and then for him to just wake up i was like <laughs> must have taken a wrong turn and just fly away it's almost like halfway robotic be like oops uh-oh but everybody's like huh no you're answer up? this you know <laughs> like, uh, yeah. but yeah because then like a whole bunch of shit that's actually happening on base um no i just i, I fucking love this book dude and I, I love the artwork um patrick yeah patrick bs lunga uh, does yeah. a great job i mean it's like i, I love the style it just like it reminds me of very um tommy lee edwards and okay, cool. like uh like from 1985 like not not sketchy but like i love the faces i love the way he draws like the outlines around faces really mm-hmm. really cool stuff like it's just, like i i just like everything
1: about this book
0: yeah and like, we oh, actually fuck. start we yeah, get some
1: teases it. of the big bad in issue too <laughs> which is really cool too
2: oh yeah i know like i I will have to see like who who that is it seemed like more of a big drop but the yeah. part where like how they dispose of like their late hero and then how like the team receives it like how she's just like we're supposed to get like a clean start of victory lap and not just be like thrown into the fucking sun it's like wow that's fucking brutal
1: oh i love the throw into the sun that's such a great century reference if it was intentional because <laughs> <laughs> throws all his problems into the sun <laughs> so, um also, so no, the bad guy, from what I gather, was the bad guy that killed him the first time. Oh, okay, cool. Because literally the preview for the next issue says the monster responsible for the patient's death has returned.
0: Nice. So, okay, cool. Yeah.
1: So yeah, dude, I'm, I'm really liking it. It's a really cool idea. Like you said, it's really an original, different thing to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, really digging it. That is wrapping us up for Aftershock. Moving on. We are going to Image. And we have a couple Image books. Josue has a solo image book. Tell me about Time Before Time. First of all, is this the number one?
2: It's the number one, and this is by Declan Shav- Shelby and Rory McConville are the writers. Joe Palmer is an artist. Uh, Chris O'Halloran is a colorist. And Hassan Otsume uh, Olau is a letterer. Cool. <laughs> There's like a, a weird thing. Did you like Looper at all? The movie?
1: Hmm kind of okay i mean okay not the movie because like, i didn't I, like i didn't hate the concept i love right, okay,
2: let me let me rephrase did you like the time travel concept of, of looper yes okay this is kind of more like that like Bruce Willis. <laughs> and i was gonna say like i said and it, it did start diverting into like the whole tk powers that they really didn't elaborate enough of yeah. anyway that's a whole different thing just the, the time travel stuff in looper that was interesting at first is is this really cool book uh basically like, at some point in the future um where time travel is possible if you go to the syndicate, somewhere like um, in the black market, and if you need a do-over, you can go back in time. <laughs> you know, you know that also. Like in Breaking Bad, when at the very end, like towards the end, when Hank needs like that. I, that, didn't, I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Oh shit! Never mind. If you need like a, a clean getaway where you just need like a fresh restart where nobody can find you, you go to the syndicate and they'll, tra- they'll travel you back in time where nobody from the future will ever bother you. And you can start your life over there. Yes, it sucks because you won't have future stuff that you've been used to. Right. Especially how how it opens up. It opens up in 1987, and our protagonist, is pretty as like giving their clients the rundown, giving us like the rundown, like hey, like you're just stuck here now. Like any questions? And like the kids, like yeah, what's the Wi-Fi password? It's like kid Wi-Fi isn't going to be invented for another 10 years. And they start the little kid starts having a little hissy fit to his mom. He's like, this fucking sucks. And the mom's like we had to leave for a very good fucking reason. She doesn't say why, but like <laughs> you just paint whatever you want to paint. Cut to 2140, which is a year where he's from. And yeah, the, 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 whole, the premise of the book is like, he's pretty much like been doing this job to pay off, to get out of a hole that he's been with the syndicate. And the thing that just sucks though, like these pods, like that's time travel isn't as easy, isn't as easy as just like, hey, time travel exists. Anybody can do it now. Like these pods, like, I guess like they really do take a toll on you and, or even still like they're not, the, these pods aren't super reliable. They, just, they it's a complicated science. So of course, complicated parts, and it's going to break down a lot. And it really sucks that he can't finish the last few jobs because his finally almost like uh, his broke down. Meanwhile, he's had this whole plan that hey, maybe we should, maybe I should steal one so I can just go to where anywhere myself or at least like with his best friend. And they they finally kind of at one point they kind of hatch out the plan to maybe do it. At one point, the date of something goes wrong somewhere else where they had to take the protagonist to go finish off another job. And that's when he goes like, hey, wink, wink, go get the pod and do the thing. We come to find out (laughs) that the friend fucked up really bad on the trip to go leave the client to go to steal the pod. He basically got found out at some point in their future. Cause they don't even like, they don't just drop people back off in the past. They can also go to the, to the future. And I guess, I guess this dude fucked up. and went to a particular point in the future around in the, in the 3400s, um, where it was frowned upon if you were a time traveling smuggler and they kept him pretty much his whole life. <laughs> just like where he was like in his <laughs> late twenties, thirties, best friend. He comes back as this old man. He tells you like how many years he spent in prison. There was like a war that broke out. So they, they use the prison. They enlisted the prisoners to go fight for the war, and then like there was like a rebellion. And, like, he literally got just got stuck there, and he came back just that same afternoon as the best friend, and just like this is not the same fucking person. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so so those are the rules that that, that play in, the, in this issue. Because then like for the cliffhanger, this this whole other this new character shows up. Uh, this black chick shows up and he's like, "Hey, I'm stealing this fucking pod, and I'm telling you where I want to go." And then shit gets wrong because buttons get pushed on the way to said getting going anywhere, and they go to this year. Oops, which is <laughs> yeah, they go to that year, and and then he when he wakes up first, and he gets her badge and realizes she's an FBI agent. She wanted to go to like the the year twenty one somewhere, but yeah, you saw the year where there is no date, so that's really the cliffhanger. And so yeah, time before time, we'll see what happens from here. Cool time travel story nice
1: sounds dope yeah interesting our next book is an emotional book this this one got me quite a silver bit silver coin no <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a sec uh car, car-, car- carmen number three sorry. yes uh with a k which i realize is probably karma like they're yeah. all plays on karma i'm putting that <laughs> now um story and art by gilla march colored by tony lopez uh translation by dan christensen and lettering by chromatic nice um this is really sad dude yeah i loved it loved it and like this is quickly becoming a sleeper book for me oh yeah like i'm trying to think of an image series i really (laughs) like more than this and it's kind of hard right now Mm -hmm. i really like this stuff um you guys might know this one as the girl who apparently killed herself and is now being visited by the girl dressed as a skeleton. And she's walking around naked around the, you know, the city. And she finds out a lot in this one. She actually comes to grips with the fact that she did kill herself and died. Mm -hmm. And it's all about like, something's different with her that they're trying to get a message through to her before she becomes, you know, the next person, before she gets reincarnated, basically. They want to make sure that she learns her lesson, if you will. And to that effect, she she has an interaction with a young man. And Jesus Christ, this was, the story was just brutal. Uh, he's a nervous young man. He's ready to propose to the girl he loves. He goes across the street to go talk to her. She looks out the window, sees him, sees him pull out the ring. Yeah. And he gets hit by a car. And then suddenly he can see, you know, them and everything. And when she touches, we found out when she touches people, she can basically see their entire life. Mm-hmm. Like their life flashes before
2: her eyes yeah. too. Yeah. And that Link.
1: Yeah. And he's, he's dead. And then another one of these Carmens show up, but this one's Carmilla, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she shows up and she has way less like patience for this shit than Carmen. She was like, let's get this over with. So we know there's like a distinction between the different reapers, which is interesting.
2: Well, I like that she has like at least our Carmen has like the skeletal figure. Yeah. Where Car- Carmelina has uh Carmela has like the circulatory the, the circulatory.
1: Yeah, like just that's interesting.
2: Yeah. Like of uh vessels
1: or yeah
0: mm-hmm. going
1: on around about it. It's really cool. But all this guy really needs to move on is he just wants to find the ring. And so yeah. she helps him find the ring. And it was really interesting. And then in the end, we find out what they're trying to teach her is, and this is something you see a lot, when you kill yourself, it's a selfish thing to do and you don't think about the people you're leaving behind and what you're doing to them. Yeah. And that's kind of the message of this. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) like, it was just really intense and yeah sad but really well told i really enjoyed it
2: yeah no it's like it's really hard to find right words when it's like this very specific subject and it's like and and so and and i'm glad that books have been coming out where it's like if you need help like here's a phone number like reach out Mm -hmm. like dm to just like put in a point of view where it's just like well why is it selfish it's not really how how our character asked it but sometimes how it was proposed and yeah, and Carmen just like the the way she laid it out is like this is why, like this yeah. is why it would be a big deal when you don't wouldn't think it's a big big deal just by flipping the switch like that. It's fucked up, and then it's like and, and it's hard because like you like it's not a, it's not a moment where where tough love is necessary or like I don't want to say like allowed, but fuck, is it just like not the right time? But at the same time, it's like these are words that need to be heard sometimes as well, just to be like again, like this is exactly why it's it's, it's selfish and yeah. it's like yeah this book is just heavy as
0: fuck
1: yeah it's good though i'm really enjoying it and, Oh, totally. Uh, i'm excited to see how long it's gonna go mm-hmm. and see exactly what kind of resolution we're gonna have so because she's dead she's definitively dead now we know this yes it's been confirmed so does it end with her being reborn
2: like the whole thing like like her thing like i mean like our protagonist is like she's avoiding the light at this point mm-hmm. to
1: go and to then cross over also, are we gonna find out more about Carmen? Like, is is because she's there's obviously something going on here.
2: Yeah, I don't know if like the color th- aspect is like just too on the nose to be like this is like not necessarily like a an angel of death, but more like her guardian angel, as in like not also like I don't say Carmen was the, like was the original, but like has been reincarnated since then. Because even yeah. still, so, like, he was just rocking like the blue suit that was also just a little too close to Carmela's blue whole aspect
0: yeah
1: so really really good uh but yeah we do have one more image book to talk about (laughs) and helps way hinted at it the silver coin number two uh written by kelly thompson letters colors lines by michael walsh and um you guys might know this one as the one about the cursed silver coin that's going through history and each issue is written by a different superstar writer Kelly Thompson uh, had so much fucking fun in this issue. She totally did. <laughs> oh my God. So, uh, so the last one was about, you know, a guy with a guitar and he let his dreams grow too big and it ended up costing him. This one was about a little girl who goes away to summer camp. Dude,
2: and we literally just watched the Lindsay Lohan parent trap. So the fact that it was just like a very similar setting is like, God, I had so much fun with this issue.
1: So basically, she's put in a cabin with what appears to be older girls, and they just treat her like shit. Like, not just like shit, they, they're they really fucking mean to her. Yeah. And she's trying her best to have a good time at camp. It's very clear. And so, like, like they, they actually shoot bows and arrows at her and put a target on her back, which is dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. They knock her boat over when she's in it. Um, she tries to make a tie-dye shirt and they dump water on her like they're just mean as shit and then they cut her hair in the middle of the night which is so rude and cruel and I just oh, God. so she runs away she runs into the woods and she finds a cabin and there there is a machete with the silver coin embedded in its hilt and then we cut away and we cut back to the other girls and they're just doing their thing and then the rest of the book is each of these girls just getting brutally murdered by this machete. <laughs> like, like the
2: best classic Jason murders, like a reel of the best murders, are like the best parts of all the Jason murders are like just happening. <laughs> it's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. And then basically she kills all the girls that are mean to her. And then there's like the the camp counselor who didn't really help her in the end. And it's you know she kills her as well. Yeah, and then she the coin falls out of the the machete, and she comes to her senses and realizes what she's done. Like
2: God, and and that's it. Like the coin literally rolls away and just be like, I got my fix. I'm done. Leaving the girl to just like who knows what feature for herself again. And she wasn't. She was the only nice one here. She was the good person. The poor thing. Like
1: i loved it it was uh, great it was grim it was awesome so so fucking
2: cool and the way she looked with like the like the the leather face mask is yeah. like esque, yeah it was just psychotic it was awesome i did want to know uh look out for the crow it, it's, it's what I'm, i think that's always the the turn yeah the, the part where she cuts her hair and right before she goes in the cabin there's like the crow says no and he yeah. the, the crow really stood out to me in the first issue it kind of like because it happens like in the by the one to second issue it's as soon as he's uh, right when they after they find like the coin and the mm. next band practice it's like, like the the crow is up on top of the house saying no mm. no no mm. so i think that, that's like the tail the, nice. the little curse that's following them around
1: like fuck i really i really like the silver coin <laughs> the next rider is going to be ed brisson by the way oh that that's just it's gonna be a bloody mess <laughs> yeah so really enjoying that that's awesome so Moving on, we're going to talk about uh, the usual one we wrap up with when we talk about indies, and that is a Vault Comics. Yes. Um, so we only have one Vault book this week because uh, Engine Ward got pushed a week. I guess it was on my list, okay. but then they told me it wasn't there. So
2: so did uh, I? Mean I, I, I saw Rich posting that he was signing some. I could have sworn I read that he was at somewhere doing signings. Or, or something like that. But I could have sworn that Sea of Sorrows should have came out this week, too. But I couldn't find it. It was on my list. Yeah, right? I could I could not see it. I went to
1: three stores. I couldn't find it. Yeah. So, heavy. <laughs> I love this book. Heavy number six. Written by Max Bemis. Drawn by <laughs> Eric Donovan. Colored by Chris Peter. And letter by Taylor Esposito. Um, I don't think there's an appropriate page in this book. Like, really, it's, it's so inappropriate. I love it. So, <laughs> quick reminder: these are the people that travel to to multiple dimensions to right wrongs, to punish the bad guys, and fix things. Mm-hmm. So, you got the main guy and his partner, who is the hitman who killed him and his wife right. for the mob. And they just got introduced to their new partner because he blew up heaven. <laughs> uh. So they basically he killed all the other heavies. So, it's just the two of them. So, they they recruit a new one, and it happens to be his wife, but from another dimension. Oh, no. And in this dimension, she developed a really bad drug habit. And she hooked up with the hitman that kills her in his universe. Mm. So, basically, it opens up with him doing this monologue about about uh, sex, having sex with someone you love after not seeing them for a long time. And so, we we had the big climactic thing where she appeared, and then uh at the end of the last issue. And then, so this whole first page is him doing this, and it's just sex. Sex, 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 right? Yeah. And he's like, can you imagine how vicious and beautiful reunion sex in the afterlife would be? And he's like, based on Sharon and Slim's performance, Slim is his other partner. He's like, it must be pretty goddamn nifty. And he's literally just banging her in front of him. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It's so dark. <laughs> like, just like grim. And he's just dealing with it. And yeah, they basically have to deal with it. And they go on missions. And they have to go on missions together. And she's really dark now. She does mm-hmm. really dark, horrible things like, um, like killing people and things. I like, think it's really great. They go to a world where there's like this king... And their mission is to prevent him from being assassinated because he's the only one who can stop these aliens from taking over the planet. Mm-hmm. But So they, they stop the assassin and they're like, cool, that was easy. And the king's like, here, eat with us. And they fi- she finds out that they tied one of the aliens up and is torturing it for fun. And the king is like, and yes, you can fuck it. Christ knows we've all had to go. And he's no. just basically like, and she just realizes he's horrible. So she shoots the king in the head and fuck. runs the whole fucking thing. And basically, they get called back to their base, and their, lead, their boss is just, like, literally, like, you just killed that entire planet of people. And it's this whole, like, concept of, like, we know that there are bad people that need to live, but they serve a good purpose, and it's just, like, it's just really deep and interesting. And then he sits down, and he's having a conversation with his his wife, you know, and they start, like, actually getting along, and, like, kind of, you can see she's kind of remembering why she liked him in the first place, but wow. sitting outside listening is slim and he does not look happy so oh shit yeah it's gonna be so good i'm so excited about this book like ah oh, god yeah some good drama right there but it's just such a good premise too yeah really really digging it so that's our only vault book this week though but uh definitely we're gonna be back next week with engine ward at least engine ward so sweet next up we're talking about dc the distinguished competitor themselves <laughs> we have i have four dc books this no so way has one just a one uh, we'll close with Hostway To transition over to Marvel But I'm going to go through mine very quick Challenge of the Super Sons Written by Peter J. Tomasi Art by Max Rayner and George Corona uh, Colored by Luis Garro And letter by Rob Le. <laughs> so this is the one with uh, with John Kent and Damian Wayne Teaming up and saving different heroes Around the uh, DC Universe The Doom Scrolls telling them, hey, they're going to die And we have to save them, right? Um so the Doom Scroll predicts that they have to save Wonder Woman. And it's basically the Minotaur of the um of the maze is there to kill her on behalf of Ares. And so the two of them have to fight her. There's some really great moments in this, like early on where um uh Damien has like a string and John Kent's like, You're gonna say use a piece of string to save Wonder Woman. He's like, It's not a piece of string. It's called the Bind of Veils. He's like, the legend is that the God's created by reverse engineering the threads that make up the lasso of truth. And he's like, but John's like, wow, that's weird. He's like, and Damien's like, yeah, pretty much. I pulled it from my dad's pri- private weapon collection designed to take down the Justice League. Oh, and John's shit. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Your dad has an arsenal to take down the League? And he goes, yes, he calls them contingencies, but yes. <laughs> he goes, I hate to tell you this, but your dad's becoming a supervillain. And Damien's response is the best Damien response. He goes, nonsense. As long as the leave behaves, there's no nothing to fear. <laughs> like, I, I love, love it. it so much. And then Sean's like, what about me? Does he have a contingency for me? And then Damien's like, well, actually, he does not. And he's like, wait, does that mean that you... <laughs> it cut's cut off. Awesome. Like, so so, so yeah, they save Wonder Woman is a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, I, I mean, I'm just really enjoying it. It is a seven-part series. So... Um, the second chapter deals with kind of more the origin of what's going on, and it has to do with um, with Vandal Savage and Felix Faust, which is kind of cool. Um, so it's back in time and things like that. They're kind of time traveling throughout this. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm surprised by how much I really like the Super Sons because it's not usually my thing. But yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. it's harmless fun. So. My next DC book, Future State Gotham. Hey, Future State's back. Yeah, you thought we were done, didn't you? (laughs) No, I I, um, I actually really didn't want to to like this book (laughs) because I'm like, stop selling me Future State. Um, Written by Josh Williamson and Dennis Culver, art by Giannis Milano Giannis and letter by Troopateri. You might notice I didn't say colorist because it's in black and white. Oh, this is the one you're talking about. Nice. This entire book is a giant Akira homage. Oh, really? Yeah, God damn it! Like, it's so good. And it's about the Red Hood. Check out this badass costume.
2: Oh, and it's this book. Fuck. God damn yeah.
1: it. Um. Basically, it's a continuation from the, the Red Hood story from Future Shade. Okay. Where he's working with the magistrate. But he's also work. He's playing both sides, basically. Mm -hmm. And there's just it's just all in black and white. And like, there's this awesome thing where someone they're saying it's the new Batman, but someone did this to Gotham City. Just did a giant Batman-shaped sinkhole in the middle. That's a crater! Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's so actually really cool. (laughs) And they're like, "Oh, it's the new Batman." He's like, "That's not really his style. (laughs) He doesn't really just kill people." Um. But yeah, basically he's be, um, be like, "Who said they were dead?" And he he, he paid for like everybody's new apartment somewhere else. <laughs> but yeah, he um basically like um Jason shows shows up or shows up to a certain place, the Monarch Theater, and they're like, "Hey, get out of here! You're not supposed to be around here." And you see who it is, and it's the Bat Family confronting him because he's on the other side, you know, he's not oh, working shit. with them. So I'm curious to see where this goes. I really I gotta it. get this fucking, fucking book. And it looks there. like that. But it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like, And Jason gets a new costume. Because, you know, the peacekeepers are the big people in, reg- in the mm-hmm. ministry. So he becomes Peacekeeper Red. Ooh, nice. So, yeah. I really, really, really liked this. Um, I said I didn't want to like it. I did want to like it, actually. I take that back. I'm just, <laughs> I, I love Jason. So, um, Which takes me over to my next book, Batman Urban Legends 3. Once again, this is going to be, I believe, a six-issue mini. With uh, four different stories in each one. The main story is Batman and Red Hood. Uh, right. About the little kid and the drugs. And and Red Hood accidentally kills his dad. Basically, Batman... Uh, oh, I should do the creative team real quick. Uh, it is written by Chip Zarsky. Uh, oh, nice. D- drawn by Eddie Barrows, Iber Ferreira, and Jesus Marino. And, as well as Marcus Toe doing some of the flashback. Uh, colored by Adriana Lucas and lettered by Becca Carey. And this is where Bruce is kind of like, he actually takes it more seriously and is like, I should work with Jason. I shouldn't just attack him and stuff.
2: So Good. They to, oh, God, they,
1: fucking damn it. <laughs> yeah, they decide to work together to solve this drug problem. And they have a difference in opinion on how they should do it. Which, Bruce is just like, we gather clues and then during the day we put the clues together so we can go out at night and do the right thing.
2: And then we can shoot
0: them.
1: Yeah. and then <laughs> Whereas Jason's idea was, I'm gonna punch bad guys until one of them tells me who does them, who does the bad thing, basically. Which yeah. I actually classic I Batman styles. <laughs> That's very Jason, so. Um and the flashbacks with Marcus Toe are really interesting because he um this is the one thing I didn't like, and this is just my personal like little thing. Um when he uh, it shows him as a little kid, Jason, when he's Robin. And they're trying to figure out who did this and they're investigating the crime scene. And Jason sees uh, someone walking away, uh, who is like uh, Sal- Salvatore Greco, who is uh, a former thief. So Jason's like, "Oh, he must know who did it. He must know. <laughs> he's suspicious." So Jason like goes to beat him up and beats the shit out of him, and then he pulls his little R out like he's going to stab him with it. Whoa. And then Batman stops him, and he's like, "And Batman's like, you know, he went straight, like he's not a criminal anymore." And then Jason says. The guy's a jewel thief. He'll always be a thief. I don't like that <laughs> because this the fucker still stealing hubcaps from Batman. <laughs> exactly. I'm like he doesn't believe that about himself, you know. But then Lily Bruce says, "I refuse to believe that." Didn't I meet you in the middle of stealing the Batmobile's tires? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like so, he calls him out about it. But I'm like, oh, I don't know if Jason would think that. But it's fine. It's it's it doesn't break it or anything. It's really good. So, and then we find out who's probably going to be the big bad. When Jason is um, walking in this area trying to find it. And then he's like, oh, suddenly it's getting cold. It's a trap. It's getting too cold too quick. And he falls over and we get Mr. Freeze. freeze. Nice. So uh, the second story is about Lady Shiva. Um, written by Shay Grayson. Uh, drawn by Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque. Colored by David Barron. And letter by Tom Napolitano. Um, this one is a one-shot. And it's really cool. It's about her dealing with the fact that her daughter, Cassandra Kane, is Batgirl. And yeah. um, basically, she's mad at Batman for taking her daughter. She's like, you know, you got all the others. They're all orphans. She's like, my daughter has a parent. And it's like, you took her away from me. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. But basically, she she ends up finding out that Bruce, um, Bruce is a good influence on her and that she's learning to be happy, which that's the thing she, the most important to her. So Yeah. It was really good. I really, actually really enjoyed that story. Um, other than Jason, it was probably my favorite story in this. So, um, Then we got the Outsiders story, which is a three-parter. This is the third part. Written by Brandon Thomas, drawn by Max Dunbar, cut by Luis Guerrero, and lettered by Steve Wands. Um, and it kind of wraps up the whole story with uh, Katana and Black Lightning, where they've been kind of teasing that maybe they're going to be romantically involved. And basically, Katana's using... They, they, someone uses truth serum on her and she admits that she cares about him, but not in a romantic way. It's not going to be that. So, um, but yeah. And then the last one is the Grifter story, which is going to be five parts, which is strange. Um, but written by Matthew Rosenberg, drawn by Ryan Benjamin, cut by Antonio Fabella, and lettered by Seda Fem- uh, Timofonte. Um, I love the Grifter story. It's just it's just Grifter. Like, I love Grifter. So, um, he's just been a con man the entire time. And he's trying to outsmart Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. And Bruce Wayne knows he's grifter, but he doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. So it's just like <laughs> really good. Like I'm enjoying it. Like it's, it's, it's it's again, I always compare it to Hawkeye because Matthew Rosenberg just wrote Hawkeye. And it really feels like that. It's really great. So. All right. That brings me to my last DC book. Festival of Heroes. Number one. Yeah. I got this beautiful Cassandra Kane cover. No, that's really my cool. girl. So, yeah. I'm gonna quickly run through the creative teams for these, and then I'll talk about the stories. <laughs> <laughs> so give me a sec. Me set up straight. <clears throat> First story. is called Sounds. Written by Mariko Tamaki, artist is Marcus toe colorist Sebastian Chang, letters by Janice Chiang. Uh, dress Code by written by Min Yu, Min Lee, artist is Chong Li Nguyen, and Letters by Aditya Bedakar. Hawk and Kong, written by Greg Pack, uh, Art by Sumit Kumar, colorist Romulo Fajardo Jr., letters by Steve Wands. Special Delivery, written by Anise Adam Ansari, artist is Sammy Basri, colorist is Sunny Go, and lettering is Gabriela Downey. Masks, written by Ram V, artist is Audrey Mock, colorist is Jordi Belair, lettering is Tom Napolitano. Uh, What's in the Box, written and drawn by Dustin Nguyen, and lettered by Steve Wands. Uh, Family Dinner, written by Alyssa Wong and pencil by Sean Chin, with inky by Norm Rap- Rapmund colorist Rain Burrito, and Lettering by Ariana Mayer. <laughs> Kawhi Calamity, written by Sarah Kuhn, Art Victoria Ying, letters by Ariana Mayer. Festival of Heroes, written by Amy Chu, drawn by Marcio Takara, colorist by Rain Burrito, and lettered by Gabriella Downey perceptible i'm almost done i promise uh <laughs> written written by porn uh Picciote, which is the one who did uh, the good agent yeah. by the way um artist is alexandra tifinkie colorist is romulo Farhardo jr and lettering by aditya bidikar and the monkey prince hates superheroes written by jin luyn yang drawn by bernard yeah. chang uh colorist by sebastian Cheng, and letters by janice Chiang. so it's a lot i'm gonna go through them <laughs> quickly though um they start off very strong. The first one's my favorite. Okay. It's it's Cassandra Kane. And for those who don't know much about her origin, she was a mute for a long time. She never spoke. Uh, she couldn't speak. Uh, and it wasn't like she didn't have vocal cords or anything. Her father literally did not encourage her to learn how to speak. Oh, damn. So she'd be the perfect assassin, basically. hmm And so... Um, it opens with her, like, practicing sounds, like, trying to learn how to speak. Like, ah, uh, and stuff. So, basically, Oracle's like, hey, I need you to go here and save a guy. She does. She beats up all the bad guys. It's really cool action. Uh, I should mention that this is Cassandra Kane in this era, when she her mask completely covered her face. Okay. Which was really cool, because she was mute, so you couldn't even see her mouth or anything. Like, mm-hmm. I always loved that, so... Um but yeah, basically she she beats up all the bad guys and saves him and unlocks him and he is a hot Asian guy. Oh, <laughs> and he's like he's like really goofy and he's like, Oh, it's you, you saved me. Wow, bad girl, that's so cool. And he's just like, So, uh maybe this is weird, but I'm craving Boba Fantasy's best banana boba right now. <laughs> maybe because I'm always craving it, would you wanna go get a boba? He's like sorry that's weird i'm sure you're busy super busy saving the day i thought maybe you're thirsty since you're not a robot. I was like anyways think again and she doesn't say anything cuz she's you know doesn't right. want to talk. And so she goes home and she's like all frustrated with herself and mad. I just love this art. Like the way she's drawn uh, is absolutely yeah. just adorable. But she goes to the Boba place and is behind him in line. And he's walking off and um uh so yeah basically they forgot a straw and he's like oh no my straw basically and turns around and there's Cass in her civilian clothes with a boba straw for him and he's like oh your lifesaver he's like gosh it's weird you know it's like thanks so much and then she's like there's this panel of her being like thinking like just words is everything word I, I could name. say right now yeah and then she goes you're welcome uh-huh. And she's so fucking cute <laughs> like yeah so and then she walks off all chill and then her comment her little like um, interior monologue says you will be mine <laughs> which is just amazing i love cast so really cute good shit uh the second story is called dress code and it is about um what's the name uh it's a, it's a young chinese green lantern I can never remember their name. Uh but the art is it's it's very different. You can kind of see. And I see, yeah. They're basically fighting a, a yellow lantern and it's about the design of their costume because they have like this traditional like Chinese design with it. That's really cool. And, and it's basically a story about people calling it a dress, but their grandmother being like, This is part of our culture and I feel proud and powerful. So that was cool. Um next up was Connor Hawk. And Connor Hawk is it it's done in a very Batman and Superman style because he teams up with new Superman, which is the Chinese Superman. And new Superman basically is really reckless and endangers a bunch of people while he's fighting the big robot, so Connor has to keep saving the people. But then in the end, the people are like, Thanks, Superman! He's like, fucking
3: bitch. <laughs> like basically. So
1: um. And then basically they uh he shows up uh to connor's house and is like you were you were carrying some stuff he dropped it i bought you some more i bought you something better because it was kimchi he bought kimchi and it broke so he's like no it's pow kai it's even better and then connor's uh mother and grandmother are like invite him in so they all have dinner together so it was cute uh there's also this killer jay lee pinup
0: Aw, yeah dang uh, pretty cool yeah
1: yeah Next up is a Damian Wayne story, which is amazing. It, and I, I, when I say it's every Damian Wayne story, it's good. Because <laughs> I love Damien Wayne. Cool. Um, but yeah, he fights some ninjas, basically, that are poisoning pizza. Um, <laughs> so, and then we get masks, which uh, I dug this one. This is, um, this is about Cheshire Cat and Cheshire. Uh, so Cheshire, Cheshire is Cheshire Cat's mother. And Cheshire Cat is Catwoman's uh, sidekick. And it's about her basically learning to be a hero and stuff. And she gets an overhead. The Catwoman saves her. And, you know, th- they laugh. It's great. The next one is called What's in the Box. And this is where they first repeat a character, where it's another Cass Cain story, basically. Um, and it's really simple. They sit on a bridge and eat some bow, which is great. Hmm. Uh, so then there's a Grace Choi story about her dating, dating Anissa Pierce, uh, Black Lightning's uh, daughter. Okay. And it's literally like who's coming to dinner where they go to dinner and the dad doesn't approve. So he's just like giving them shit, but then they're attacked by mm-hmm. villains and she saves them. And he's like, maybe I do like you, you know, kind of thing. So, um, and then we get the, uh, the Imiko one. Uh, the, I think she's Red Arrow now. Um, but it's, it's so great because it's done in a really super QC anime style. Oh my God. Yeah. But
2: yeah, very different in a way. That's,
1: that's the bit is that everything is kawaii and everything keeps screaming kawaii at her and like singing at her and she's like I don't like cute things that is too funny and so then she wakes up and there's she cuddles with her little stuffed animal <laughs> so yeah so yeah it was cute um okay the festival of heroes this is the main story it feels like the main story basically there's an Asian American Pacific Islander heritage heritage festival and there's a group online that says they're going to wreck it because foreigners. Uh, And Katana, Cyborg, and Blue Beetle, which is Jamie Reyes, by the way, uh, show up. And basically, like, we're going to protect it and also the food's really good. This story, and I want to make this very clear in case anyone who worked on this book is listening to me. I really liked it, but it came off like one of those hostess fruit pie ads from the 80s in comics. Oh, goddamn. Where it's just like you know, Dr. Octopus being like, well, Spider-Man, you'll never get my apple fruit pie from Hostess. <laughs> and Spider-Man's like, you know, kids, help me. Like, it came off very cheesy, but I think in a good way. So, like, right away, like, Cyborg's eating and the Blue Beetle's like, hey, man, how about sharing some of that curried roti? And he's like, sorry, dude, I if I could, but it was the last one. He's like, we could do these?" And it's just like, I'll split my spring rolls with you. And then it's funny because it's like that kind of cheesy story except the katanas in the story and she's having nothing she's having none of this shit like she has no patience for the cheesiness of it and it's hilarious they're walking around and at this festival there's people dressed as other um asian based uh superheroes that mm-hmm. aren't don't have their own stories so like grunge there's a guy dressed as omak you know um uh, things like that so they're like wow this is a lot of fun and then the bad guys show up and they're literally just racist but they have a power crystal that gives them superpowers so they get in a big fight. Long story short, um Katana destroys the stone and they lose their powers. And then <laughs> the highlight of this is great. He lose their powers to the normal people, and this old age lady's like, not so tough now, huh? And then this fucking dude does this crazy flying kick. He's like, respect your elders. <laughs> like, <laughs> which I love because like there's been like the assaulting of, you know, some some elderly um the elder people. lady yeah yeah and it's like i thought that's really good catharsis to have them just like kick a racist in the face so i really dug that so that
2: elder then, lady had to be an homage to the lady that fucking
1: owned that dude yeah and then it was um there's a great moment where they're like how can we repay you and they're like well we have 23 different ethnicities represented here in cuisine help yourself and blue beetles like No, that's what i'm talking about and then superman batman and, and i think it's nubia show up as Wonder Woman, and they show up and they all say at the same time, this is where we got the cheesiest, they all say at the same time, are those dumplings?
0: Oh my <laughs> like, god.
1: And then they're like, hey, you weren't even here for the big fight, and then Blue is like, whatever, we can share. It was so cheesy, but I loved it. Like, it's such a throwback. <laughs> um, also, we got two pinups by Jen Bartel. Oh, oh no, cool. no, sorry, one by Jen Bartell. Uh, right there. Oh, that's then, cool. And then that one f- uh, mirroring it by Kevin Wada, so... Uh, then there's a Blue Beetle story, which is really good, or not Blue Beetle. Adam, sorry, Adam. Uh, uh, Ryan Choi, Adam. There we go. And then we get introduced to a new character, which I this is the thing I was most excited about. Is we get introduced to this new character called the Monkey Prince, which is literally based on Ooh. you know the culture, the Chinese Chinese culture, Chinese.
2: The Monkey King, yeah,
1: yeah. So he's basically allegedly the son of the Monkey King, but he doesn't believe it. Oh, and oh, so he, he has sick. like shape shifting powers and stuff, and uh, he's fighting Doctor Savannah, the the Shazam villain, mm-hmm. and basically poses as Shazam to trick him and stuff. He's he's like a trickster. And, um, it's really cool. He seems like a lot of fun. I really like the st- the wow. style. He's giving me, like, um, East Boy feels. A little yeah, bit. No, if, if
2: they do this right, this will be, like, my new... Potentially my new favorite DC title that is inspired by, like, real-world mythos. Staff. And the fucking staff, dude. Fuck. Yeah. Yes. Okay, if they do this right... And his his advisor so, is the pig. So much potential for this character. And especially yeah. with, to just do, like, DC bullshit to it when there's already so much, like, lore. I mean, the, 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 the video game that is going to come out is, like, based on this, like there's like a manga back there called the monkey king that I have from, uh, it's one of the few m- uh, mangas that got colored, colorized and dark horse did it. Ah, uh, mm. fuck! So they can just, I'm so really excited about this. Now I have to get this issue just because it's sort of what the first appearance.
1: It's cool. It's a really cool compilation. So, and then also you find out he goes to school with Billy Batson and doesn't know his name. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. That's DC. I like, know, I think I'm oh, more excited for funny. this
2: new character than I am for Reptiles uh, over on Marvels. And I'm, we, I'm we're more Marvel boys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you have Wonder Woman. What issue is this?
2: Yes. Wonder Woman 772. And this is part three to Afterworlds. <laughs> Again, it's just like, so funny because, like, she is out of place here. And it's like, I miss my LARP. Anyway, I said part three written by Michael W. Conrad and Mickey Kluin. Clunin and art by Travis Moore, coloring by Tra- uh, Tamara Villan, and learning by uh, Pat Brazu. So, last where we left off, she's been doing like these like these little quests kind of uh, based on the stories. And right now, she did the whole like hiding in the egg for the snake um, to find the key that's in there. Um, and the snake itself is like, oh. This is this is what our, what we agree in Wonder Woman's woman's like. Uh, you said an egg, but you never said what was inside the egg that counted. And she finds a key, but she did, she kind of cheats because like that figure that's been talking to her in this like weird black and white afterlife basically just like gives it to her and is like, hey, let's just like rush this. Here's the key. Just like get out of there. Um, and the whole like the whole point like for this key is to fucking like, seal off. Yeah, to seal off this like gate or to actually like be able to uh, keep alive like all these Valhalla spirits this was particularly like siegfried who is like the love interest in this we do get a shot of sweet ass thor in this in his little celtic actual celtic hammer nice to which then odin actually shows up in this one to which is actually all like like i'm a beggar odin with the eye patch and then odin's pissed because it's like dude you're literally letting letting your people die just because you made this deal because you wanted enchanted weapons no fight like a fucking norse god and do the shit right (laughs) and then that's when diana shows up and it's like hey i'm back from my quest that y'all thought i was gonna die in and odin's like oh wonder woman yes every everything indeed is connected and then because in the very odin fashion because now he has to answer for stuff as fate would have it he gets crushed by a boulder (laughs) and (laughs) die quote unquote dies um and then so sure enough invasion let's fucking fight really cool shot of wonder woman and dc thor in action it's actually a pretty nice. cool shot when it's not like our thor really I like but. her
1: armor a lot
2: no this is actually really cool going with like the cover really dope like with like the silver red and blue is actually such a good tone for her yeah um but anyway a dude shows up in a giant crab and he's like he's standing on it and he's very like atlantean and the whole time she's just like why am I remembering this name, Arthur? And it's like, I kind of recall him. He was, he was kind of, she, she recalls him being very handsome, which like, I, I did like that note. Cause he should be. And it's like, but it's almost like, and then she has like, there's implications when you say certain words, right? So when you say the word, but it's almost like a negative. So when she says, but he smelled like the shore or like the ocean, or it's like, that would be a cool. I mean, I get fishy, I get fishy. I get it, but like the smell of the ocean is actually pleasant, and really cool. But she says Except it in the a ocean. <laughs> yeah, but she says it, but in a butt fashion. So it's like, um oh, I guess yeah. it's not for her. Um, so that's when she gets like picked up by the crab, like in the in the the pincer, and cr- crushes. So she dies again, and again this scene, right? Black and white. Yeah. i'm the pretend person calling her and she's like oh, okay, i promise this is the last time I, I i know what i have to do now i, I have the fucking key so like i'm literally that this close um and he's like all right cool i'll revive you but fuck it i'll help you then and it turns out that the, that person which i thought was a different wonder woman or for a second i thought a superman fuck no baby it's my boy, Boston Deadman. I love that. Of course, that would be the person to be like helping her like tap in and out of reality and death in post-death that is Ragnarok, because that's really what's going on here. And yeah. fucking um Deadman has just been like, yeah, like if you feel like you're out of place, it's because you are. You're needed elsewhere, like everywhere else. Like this isn't your joint. Uh, but at this point, Diana being Diana is like, well. I got put in these problems. So now these problems are my problems. I'm not going to leave these people here, despite this being their end of the ends of everything else. Like, fuck no, I made a promise. And it's like, and it was like, it's like to Siegfried. And like, he's like the whole rule about the number is like, were you really doing this for one person? And even Siegfried shows up and it's like, he's just he's super handsome. He's like, yeah, this should be like a love interest for like a while, but now I'm accepting that he's just going to be there for justice arc. And it's going to suck. Cause he's, he's really fucking cute. <laughs> uh, but he, he's like, no, you have to fucking leave. Like this, like this isn't really for you. I mean, and we've known this. So she started to put out going on her path. Um And that's when we, she starts fighting the other anti wonder woman from the cover. And she starts kicking her ass. Like our Diana starts kicking her ass, even though she starts like, Summing up ghouls, and it turns out it's stupid fucking um, Cisco Psycho again. No, Dr. And, psycho, yeah, Dr. Psycho could manipulate this like ghoul thing and gets all pissy again. It's like you're supposed to like be like, out of your path or whatever. And she's like, So this means I should just stay exactly where I'm going on this path. If this <laughs> dude is like making me sing, don't go this way. Um, and she finally makes it to a pier where it would be like a Karen looking figure, like, uh, like a, the ferryman, and who would it be? but now that there's nobody else around that we can actually talk now, but fucking Odin <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just just like, Odin. Like, I kind of go know some rules and it's like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll take you to the Valkyries. Cause that's also her whole mission is to taking this key to the Valkyries. So they can like do their job or keep the dead in this, like, or let, let them all, like pass on over instead of like becoming these ghouls that they, that the psycho has been like manipulating. Um, and then we get we get to their base. That's sort of the cliffhanger. We get to like the Valkyrie base, and it's a floating crystal sky. And this whole this whole time, she's just been making these like connections, or like like the like the Atlantean dude kind of speaking out with like with with Arthur and uh, Arthur and um, Cisco being around. And I want to say like this also might be just like a weird different for- fortress of solitude that the Valkyries just run because it's just like. It's like the, the setting is almost there, and it's on like, like these touch and go places that part of the DC universe that are in this Asgardian DC Afterworlds. Um, mm-hmm. God, I actually love that sentence. I want that game now. Uh, but yeah, it looks like she's almost out there. And next up, she's going to fight these Valkyries, and we'll see what happens. Because everybody's been like, oh, yeah, you don't want to fuck with the Valkyries. You don't want to go that way. <laughs> but it's Diana, so we'll see.
1: Nice. All right, we are swapping over to Marvel, and yes. I have several Marvel books. <laughs> so. I'm going to go quick fire real quick. Uh, Spider Woman, number 12, written by Carla Pacheco, drawn by Perry Perez, colored by Frank Darmada, letter by Travis Lanham. It's really good. Um, we're in the middle of an arc, mm-hmm. and basically the arc is she's fighting these two guys with swords, all at the same time, she's really not paying attention to her boyfriend. And he's helping oh. her raise her kid and everything, and... Uh, In the last issue, we find out that he wanted to propose to her, but she had to run off and do stuff, and she's really not listening to him, and then at the end of this, he basically says, I'll always be there for you when you need me, if you need me, but you don't need me, you don't even respect me, and he's like, do you think you feel the same way for me that I feel for you, and she gets upset, and he's like, yeah, that's what I thought, and he leaves, so, poor Jess, sad, so... Yeah, really good. I'm loving this book. I don't want to get too much into it because, again, it's kind of middle of an arc type thing. So, uh, next up, uh, second Jed McKay book of the week mm. Black Cat number six. Uh, written by Jed McKay, drawn by Michael Dowling, colored by Brian Reber, and letter by Farron Delgado. Um, you might have seen part of this because it was at the end of Giant Size Amazing Spider Man, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Oh, later. okay. So. Basically, we find out the whole... Uh, last issue, we found out the big, the big deal. Why they've been stealing all these things. Um, the Black Fox is basically giving Manhattan to this golden god in order to be immortal. Him and El- Felicia are now immortal. And it's tested right away. Black Fox is young. He, he becomes young again. He, and basically, uh, Black Cat is so upset she rips his throat out. Oh, shit. But then he heals. So he can't die. So, uh, so yeah, basically, in the end, he, like, smoke bomb ninja teleports away. And she has to actually team up with the Thieves Guild, the ones that she was stealing from to begin with. Oh, okay. So in the end, they have to team up to stop this. And um, she gets her ass kicked in the process. But, yeah. And the whole point is she's going to get teleported into the vaults to do whatever needs to be done. Really cool story. I'm really enjoying this run, uh, not just because Jim McKay is a great guy, but it, it's just really, really cool. So I love it. It's really great. And it plays very well into the cameo she has in a book we're going to talk about in a bit. So, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number 14. This way. Yeah. Get on the train, sir.
0: Oh. Uh,
1: <laughs> written by Al Ewing, drawn by Juan Fregueri, colored by Federico Blee, lettered by Corey Petit. Okay. I'll set this back up. Phylavel, Marvel Boy, Drax, and Quasar are fighting scrolls on a planet. The scrolls are like worshipping fire, right? Yeah. The other team, which is Nova, Rocket, Moondragon, Groot, Star-Lord, and Gamora, were fighting some bad guys that were trying to attack Hulkling and Wiccan. They save them, and then Doctor Doom shows up at the end of the last issue and takes the Star Sword from Hulkling. Oh, shit. So he's like holding the sword and being all badass and like, you know, and he basically he's, he's hinting that he needs to hold the sword because there's a threat coming, basically. And Hulkling basically Mjolnir's it away from him. He's like, the sword knows who owns it. Oh, you know, fuck it yeah. Good. So Doom is like, fine, fuck you. And Doom, Doom does a mind swap. So now Doom is in Hulkling's body and Hulkling's stuck in Doom's body. Oh, shit. And so Doom starts wrecking the Guardians with Hulkling's body. He stabs Wiccan in the chest. But the Star Sword can tell friend from foe. We learned that when he got it. So it, it, it actually just cancels uh, Wiccan's magic temporarily, basically. It doesn't hurt him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But they're fighting him. They're fighting him. They're fighting him. Meanwhile, Moondragon is playing Possum, trying to use her psychic powers. And then they basically trick Doom. By being like, hey, we understand you had to get into Hulkling's body because you couldn't beat us in your own body. He's like, what? And basically, they they play on his vanity that it's like, yeah, we get it. He has powers. He's younger. You know, he, he could do a lot more than you. And he's like, that's not true. So, <laughs> so he goes to mind swap again. And there's this is really cool shot where their their souls are going back and forth from their bodies. And Mood Dragon is like, I'm just going to nudge that a little bit. She's like, what if I introduce a new player? And then we get, I'll I'll put it this way, Uh, Teddy's back in his body. Hoagling's fine. Yeah. Doom's been swapped with somebody else. (sighs) What is this indignity Rocket Raccoon claims, (sighs) proclaims, she dumped Doom in Rocket's body and Rocket's in Doom's body. Oh my god. And Rocket's like, oh, such a great joke. Like, or Doom, you know, is like, what a, what a great joke. He's like, this is temporary. Do you think your recruit-like friend would want to remain human forever? And he's like, you seen this body? I'd love this body. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> Rocket's like, hell yeah. And then basically, he he reveals, yes, there's a threat coming, and I'm the one that can take it on. Shit. And so they're like, all right, well, we're, basically, we need, they basically make the point that Doom never goes back on his word. Like if he publicly gives his word, it right. would be, it would ruin his reputation if he didn't, you know. Yeah, and he he's so you know all this stuff, and so they're like, we'll switch your bodies. Uh, Peter's like, we'll switch your bodies back, but we have to make a deal. He's like, I'm not to a chance, but you're going to do it our way. And then Rocket's like, you're not serious. He's like, serious is a draft card, Doctor Victor Von Doom. You just joined the Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. So Doom is a ga- guardian now, and I'm excited. Uh, Meanwhile, on the other planet, they found out the planet they're on is Ego, and they did some dark magical thing that transformed it into a big black egg. So something is hatching from Ego. So yeah, Ish. it's just it's just been a blast. So yeah. Uh, next up, Silk number three. Uh, we just got Silk number two like two weeks ago. Written by Maureen Gu, Art Takeshi Miyazawa, uh, coloring by Ian Herring, and lettering by Ariana Mayer. I really enjoyed this book. Uh, I'm loving this story. Um, It's continuing the story where she's fighting the gangs of New York and trying to stop them from being killed and all this stuff. And um, her new therapist is actually working for them. So he knows some of her secrets, but not that she's silk, but uh, her new therapist or the, the leader of the, the guild that she's fighting uh, is this uh, like kind of snobby businesswoman type, like but she's young, she's kind of like an influencer type. And um she get and Silk gets a mysterious invite to meet with somebody and it's someone says I know or you want to know about her, which the lady she's fighting, she's like, What kind of proud papa would I be if I didn't want to brag about my little girl and it's Silvermane. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Silvermane's daughter is the big bad. So yeah really cool really enjoying this so once again quick firing because i have a stack of marvel to go through <laughs> star wars the high republic number five
2: did you get this um i'm like dropping in now i'm like i do need to catch up
1: okay i was gonna say i thought yeah okay cool so written by Kevin scott drawn by ario and andito inked by mark morales uh colored by annalisa leone and lettered by ariana Mayer. a very very climactic thing happens here so these oh, things shit. that infected everybody
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um they're basically attacking all around the galaxy. sure And the hut people are there and they're attacking the Jedi for violating a contract and all this stuff. Well, in the end the huts and the Jedi have to team up to actually fight these guys. And we find out that Skier, even though he has recovered, is still infected and he keeps losing control. So, what the solution they come to is uh Skier has to um uh or no, so skier is gonna let his defenses down, right, and when he does he wants uh, he wants to the the plan is i should say that um he's gonna allow his former padawan Keith trennis to jedi mind trick him into thinking that his body is toxic oh, okay, so that the thing in him would find out, and basically it's gonna think that all basically humanoid meat is toxic. So they do it, and just it's panicking all over the all over the galaxy and running away. They're just yelling, unclean, unclean, running away. But then at the end, Skier's down, and she's <clears> like, "This <throat> wasn't part of the plan." Oh shit! So, but the preview for the next issue does say, Keith must risk everything and attempt to communicate with the Dringer Hive to save Skier and the Republic itself." So he's not dead, shit, but yeah. he definitely looked like it. So, good shit, loving it. Okay, now we're getting to the meat of the stack. Uh, This is my last solo book, and I'm doing it solo. I'm doing this one right now because it's what it's going to lead into. Okay. Hyperion and the Imperial Guard number 1, part of Heroes Reborn. Yeah. Written by Ryan Cady. Penciled by Michelle Bandini. Inked by Elisabetta D'Amico and Michelle Bandini. And colored by Eric Arcianega, with lettering by Corey Petit. So, we're going to talk about Heroes Reborn in a moment. And we're going to talk about Peter Parker and the Amazing Shutterbug as well, because we both got that. Jesus Christ. I just remembered, like, yeah. So, Hyperion the Imperial Guard actually takes place when he's a teenager, and there's oh, okay. a bit. I I, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but remember in Heroes Reborn where he's gathering up all the bad guys, mm-hmm. and one of them is the brood infected uh, Imperial Guard. Yeah. Apparently, when he's a teenager, he went to train with the Imperial Guard. Oh, and so he's friends with all of them. He falls in love with Oracle. It's this whole thing, and his last mission with them is where they all get infected. So that's what this story is.
2: Damn, so them coming back kind of was supposed to, was supposed to mean something, but history, yeah. you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, one thing I really liked about this one is it kept referencing, it like do like little editor's notes, you know, where it'd be like, check out this issue. You know? Oh, yeah. But it would reference books that don't exist. Oh, that's fine. So it'd be like, you know, check out Hyperion and the Imperial Guard number 88 through 90. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I <was> like, that's <laughs> really cool, so. Um, but it was really a lot of fun. Also, the backup story in this is the Star Jammers. Check out this art.
2: What? And oh my god,
1: hell yeah. Quasar Hep- like that mustache. <laughs> it's it's Corsair, Hepzibah, Groot, Rocket Raccoon, Havoc and Cyclops.
2: Oh, oh my god, in this I never want to yes. go back to the six one six.
3: I know. I the summer the boys Cyclops. were
1: actually happy here. I never want to go back. They're like, they're like. Here's some bits of them like sparring. Cyclops doesn't have to wear a visor. Oh they're my awesome god, clothing, it's so cool. I would, I would. It's a lot of fun. I want this book to actually happen. <laughs> so
0: yeah.
2: Honestly, i because it's just so fucked up. With like when you just think about like then ha- having to come back. This is honestly halfway. Like, I don't know. Like it's very close to uh, the Peter Parker revelation in House of M. Cause yeah. the summer boys
1: just deserved all the happiness and not that whole childhood. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we're moving on to the other parts of heroes are born. Now, Josue, what
2: order did you read these books in? Um, because I do have other Spidey books. I did go heroes are born into Shutterbug and then the spider shadow. And, then ASM. and cool. I think, I, I think it, I right? think it helped me. There was like a cool
1: line. Yeah. So let's start with heroes report. Cause we both read it first. Uh Heroes Reborn number two. This one entirely focuses on Hyperion. And yes. it's written by Jason Aaron. Uh, pencils by Del Kion. I love Del Kion. Uh and Carlos Magno. With inks by Scott Hannah and Carlos Magno. Coloring by Edgar Delgado, Del Duck himself, and uh, Cory Petit does the lettering for that story. There's also a backup story at the end, written by Jason Aaron, penciled by Ed McGuinness inked by Mark Morales, colored by Matt Wilson, also lettered by Corey Petit. So this gives us immediately a really great idea of how different this world is than the world we're used to. Yeah. Because we get a very familiar sight. Galactus shows up to eat the Earth. And so Silver is like, Master, something's coming at a speed greater than mine. And Hyperion literally flies through his head and kills him. Just kills Galactus right off the bat. And with the line, and the red blooded American way. Oh man. And I'm already like, oh man. All of these mirrored, yeah, the the starting with that, because what was the last line?
2: And a man, sun, forge, honestly, American, atomic grit, and the
1: um, red blooded American way. Like, all right, here we go again. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, we find out that when he took out uh, Dr. Juggernaut, yeah, that was (laughs) the last issue. Uh, he put him away in the negative zone prison, but literally everybody else escaped. So we see him fighting a bunch of people, including the Imperial Guard uh, infected by Brood. Um, we get to see Mister Beyonder, which Dude, is great. <laughs>
2: Mister Missileflake, right?
1: Yeah, in the Beyonder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah combined. Um, and then we see uh, Peter Parker, quote photographer, quote unluckiest man who's ever lived. Likes to think he's Hyperion's pal. And Hyperion shows up and saves him from the annihilation wave, which are little baby annihilation ones, which is great. And he, he saves him, and then it's like it seems like oh, he's, he's he's Jimmy Olsen, you know. Yes, I thought so too. Same thing. So, and then he fights a giant Ultron, and Pete's like, "Great job." We're going to come back to that scene later. Uh, Wait, so- I'm, I'm also
2: I'm also want to call out that this the emphasis on this like Doctor Henry Pym, which it's it's yeah. Hank Pym. But yeah. this is also supposed to be Hank Shaw, right? Hank Henshaw. I didn't for, even think of for it DC, like that.
0: especially They'd with like probably,
2: the, the yeah. Cyborg Superman, and it's like the, the the Cyborg with the iron with the with the human heart here. Yeah,
1: that's a really good point. I didn't even think about it. Like that would be an interesting way for them to do it. So, but he saves the best for last, which is the Hulk, and the Hulk. There's something wrong with the Hulk. Oh God, yeah. And it seems to me like the Hulk is remembering our universe. Yes, but he can't communicate because he's dumb. Well, I think he's just speaking in
2: reverse. I think he's not cursed, but I think he's like, just, he can't talk right Not just because he's the Hulk. Yeah. But I think right now he's saying, if we say everything opposite, I think this is what he's trying to convey, but he's being held back.
1: Yeah. And then Hyperion murders him, basically. Uh, and so that's crazy. And Hyperion's like, I'm the one who's going to do all this and stuff. And uh, he figures out the Hulk's last thing was he called out for Steve. Yeah. And he does a pretty big leap of logic, a little bothered bothered by, like, he happens to look down and see Captain America's first name was Steve and be like, oh, he must have been talking about Captain America,
0: mm-hmm.
1: unless we know something else. But And then we get the backup story, which is literally him meeting what appears to be a beggar outside of the school he teaches at. And it's Captain America recently out of the ice because we saw Blade get him out. So, And this was really cool. It was really grim. And it, yeah. I love that it was... It's not like, quote quote-unquote evil superman but it's him on his way you know what i mean
0: yeah so i hear
1: you i mean I'm like the the, the page like, of
0: honestly of the it's
2: john walker <laughs> yeah i totally hear I, I i i agree the page of like hulk going down like all the the holes the literal holes are just like holy shit like how did he do it it wasn't just like a superman like eye beam like shot continuous shot he must Have been like blinking as he was shooting those Out just because yeah.
1: well he said he had to kill him 11 Times oh that's right <laughs> So he just had to keep killing him and I'm like What kind of psychopath can sit there and kill someone 11 times and then before we move on
2: uh, In this issue we do get A little the little shot of Like him finding out what did happen to Peter Parker in yes. the In the
1: after shot Yeah Which does lead us to Peter Parker The amazing shutterbug Yes. Now, I didn't even think about the double meaning of the word shutterbug, which is great. So, uh, <laughs> in this one, uh, really, <laughs> yeah, shutterbug. I was like, oh god, I'm so stupid. Um, so, in this one, we get um, basically kind of like the the street level. This would be like the front on. line.
2: Ish, issue
1: yeah kind of yeah it reminds me of if you remember Age of Apocalypse when they did Universe X I think it was called mm-hmm. or no whatever it's called the the one where it's all the normal heroes and they don't have powers in the Age of Apocalypse so um, but obviously that was like post-apocalyptic and shit so alright written by Mark Bernardine uh, drawn by Raphael Delator, uh pencils by Ron Lim ink by Scott Hanna coloring by Jim Campbell and lettering by Ariana Mayer So it's just kind of like a sad, like Peter Parker never got powers, so he just stayed a nerd and got picked on forever. And when we read the other one first and then come to this, we get this really cool perspective because it seems like he's his Jimmy Olsen. Yes. But then we read this one and it's like, (laughs) oh, he hates Hyperion. 100% hates him. Like, can't stand him. And we find out one of the reasons why is because Hyperion, in his arrogance while fighting some loser villain, causes damage that ends up killing aunt may yeah and so it's really sad also in this world uncle ben's still alive by the way so that's why peter basically had to not use his actual brain and became a photographer to make money and everything and hyperion in his arrogance probably thinks peter is his is his jimmy olsen you know Mm -hmm. but peter's like fuck that guy basically and we also find out that uh Hyperion didn't even finish the job when it came to the Annihilation Wave. There was still one out there. One little bug. Uh, Peter and manza manages to take it down using his science, but he does get bitten, and then he starts sprouting arms. Spider arms. Yeah. And so he's like, I like that. I finally found my purpose helping people. Maybe it was there all along. All it took was a, it just took a weird-ass spider bite to bring it out. And I'm like, oh, that's good. So um, I enjoyed this. I don't like that it's a one-shot some i I know right we always
2: complain it's like oh here we go these tie-ins that take might take a little too long or like divert too much from the story and it's like well what if these one shots suck because they're only like one shots yeah Yeah. like so hero reborn is just like very vibrant it looks very like hopeful but god damn are these just like such dark stories
1: yeah, there's a rot. There's a rot under everything. Like, yeah, like a,
2: other basically. Marvel events, you can kind of get the tone based on either the writer or the artist that they get for said big event or both. Um, and you, yeah, you can kind of tell the tone where it's going to go or what at least if certain deaths are going to happen, like how far they're going to take it. Like, yeah, damn, Heroes are Born is just like, nothing, I'm really not expecting anything
1: that, that it's throwing at me. And the next issue is apparently Magneto and the Mutant Force. We're getting that next week, so got that to get that one. So. Oh, for, oh, for right. sure I'm going to get that one. Yeah. So now we're transitioning over to some Spider-Man books. Uh, we'll start with number two of Spider-Man's Spider-Shadow. Uh, written by Chip Zardsky. Drawn by Pascal Ferry. Colored by Matt Hollingsworth. And lettered by Joe Magna. So this is the world, what if Spider-Man never gave up the Venom suit? <laughs> and we did get confirmation in the last issue that Hobgoblin did end up killing Aunt May. And that's why Spider-Man brutally beat him to death. Yes. Spider-Man goes off the goddamn deep end in this issue. <laughs> it, it happened a lot quicker. I thought they draw it out a little bit more, but I mean, you know, uh, basically J. Jonah Jameson calls him a murderer and he goes in and breaks J. Jonah Jameson's arm. Hand and he's like, it like a wall. Yeah. He's like, don't fucking ever basically don't keep my name out of your mouth. Is basically what he said. Um, we see MJ uh, like run into Peter and she's like, what the fuck is happening? She's freaked out by it. I like the Kingpin scene where it was just like,
2: where he was basically scared. is like, yo, I think we're actually fucked. Like before we were just like, we were safe based on their moral compass and their code and shit. But yeah. I think we're
1: kind of fucked with Spider-Man now. <laughs> <laughs> if He's willing to do this. And he gets jumped by Shocker and Scorpion. And he literally rips Shocker's arms off. And Scorpion's tail just rips them off. Brings them to, to, um, Kingpin and Kingpin does one of his little monologues. And, Peter has no fucking patience for it and just punches him straight in the face to the point, and there's so much gore that I'm pretty sure he killed him as well. Like, so. I want
2: to say he punched through for <laughs> for sure.
1: So then we see the formation of a new Sinister Six in the attempt to stop him. And it's Doc Ock, Mysterio, Craven the Hunter, Electro, Rhino, and their new sixth member who's the only one who's seen the new Spider-Man up close, and that's J. Jonah Jameson. And that was kind of a cool twist. I thought that was interesting. Um, but basically, he's like, hey, I've warned everybody he's a killer. I've been saying it for years. And I'm like, JJ's right. <laughs> um, and then they're sitting there and, like, making their plans. And then we find out that uh, Doc Ock is, like, talking to one of his flunkies and telling him what to do. And he's like, um, you know, Terrence, is there anything else you need? And he's like, crystal clear, sir. And he stabs Doc Ock and takes the mask off and it's eddie brock yeah and he says sorry doc can't just can't let you just go and kill spider-man when that's my job so cool (laughs) it is very cool uh yeah i I don't know
2: i don't know i don't know what to expect from this eddie brock um fuck is like why is there to hunt down the spider I mean, if if he's supposed to be like because it's also a what if universe, I'm not saying he could be like the punish yeah, the, the punisher storyline of good spider uh but yeah, holy shit, yeah, Peter just going hell doubling down the dark end deep in where like the this type of gruesome stuff could have been safe for like the next issue, but no we're 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 on this one. it's very much like the symbiote was gonna take over,
1: yeah, it's interesting because once he kills somebody and if he can justify that in his mind. Then, yeah, it's a slippery slope. Why wouldn't he kill other people?
2: Right. Or at like, least, they're are, kill people at the very you know? least, with like, if the, again, like, is the slippery slopes, like, well, I was that easy. I can no longer have to deal with them. The, well, how he can just like justify it by being like, oh, that's, that's one that killed more than 20 people. I can put it on my list now.
1: Yeah, basically. So, really good. So, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. That leads us to our next Spider Man book. Uh, I jumped on board for this one. <laughs> The Amazing Spider Man Giant Size number one King's Ransom.
2: Yeah, it's the conclusion, it's just a one shot, a simple one shot and just something like, actually a very easy read. You didn't have to like kinda of read the other three or four issues so the, for the prelude for this.
1: It helped that I, you know, have a podcast with you and you tell me about <laughs> it. So <laughs>
2: that does help um, us out.
1: Well. Written by Nick Spencer, drawn by Roger Antonio, Carlos Gomez, and Zay Carlos, colored by Alex Sinclair, and lettered by Joe Carmagna. So this is all about Spidey and Boomerang and the relationship that has been developing for years now <laughs> yeah. in comics. Yeah, where, where Boomerang is his roommate and they're slowly getting respect for each other. They have an adopted child together, basically. Yeah, they very do. Much a gay couple.
3: <laughs> and okay. I love them.
1: Thank I love that at the very beginning, Spidey's looking for backup and he gets Spider Woman, Iron Fist, Hawkeye. Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Wolverine. <laughs> and every one of them hates Boomer. <laughs> I hate that guy. And then and they're I, all like, why don't you ever hang out with us anymore? He's like, What? <laughs> I, I did and love the the panel below that, the
2: The Defenders joke. Yeah, as much as I love a new Avengers reunion, or is this a Defenders reunion? And Wolverine is like, can't be defenders, I never did that. Yeah, you did. Ah, oh, hell you're right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. That joke is never gonna get old that Wolverine's in every team. So but yeah, so basically, they have to team up, and in the end, it's Spider-Man and Boomerang, and Spidey trusts Boomerang.
2: Yeah, and every time I hear you just like flutter your eyes, like, oh, I love Boomerang, and you're like, yeah, score points. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you might be right about this. You, you might might be right about this, but it had, to, it had to be until I completely took out the last brick of my wall to just trust this guy.
1: so uh the pieces of the tablet that fisk had we get the awesome cameo i mentioned yes my black cat was cool she just jacks it all and then boomerang's like we used to date and she goes we really didn't (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and so spidey trusts boomerang and they discover that hey if someone tries to take the last piece and fails or if they're not a true hero they'll die basically and boomerang is like i'll do it and spider-man's like no i'll do it and because he doesn't want boomerang to die because he's like you're a good guy now but i don't know if you'll pass this let me do it right it is a big test (laughs) spider-man has doubts too and he does it himself and then he gets attacked by the villains they just got attacked by and he's like what the fuck's going on and he finds out that boomerang betrayed him yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but I, I don't i don't like this <laughs> like, so, and basically he writes peter a note i hate this fucking note too spidey. oh i hated this fucking note he just justifies it you know what this reminded me of mm. have you seen dr horrible's sing-along vlog oh hell yeah it reminds me of the last song oh where he's singing about how he's finally got everything he's wanted yeah. And then the last shot is him just looking depressed and just The, dead. the silent a thing line. Yeah, I guess yeah. Time too. And then this shot where of him <laughs> just being like back where I belong. Like no, no, I'm like, no. oh it's not compared the same way as Doctor Horrible. God, no, like you deserve to be there, like, you piece of
2: shit. Wallow in it. <laughs> Thank God, I hate Glory. He got me, dude. How many time, how many issues I read to be like, nope, not buying it. It's fucking boomerang. I'm not buying this it. sleazy piece of shit. He's just there to just like Wanted to prove himself or to just like to save his own skin. So they stopped calling him a fucking Nazi. That's why he was just doing this.
1: And then, yeah, the last issue would just be like, but he's just lame enough of a, a villain <laughs> to believe that he could become a hero. It was his like bad. Hawkeye when Hawkeye was a
2: villain. <laughs> it was just like everybody's back like, to back no notes. Way. Cause like, it was like the, the last issue where he left that note for Peter, the first note. And he, again, yeah. like I said, it was like the last break to just take off on this wall and trust him. And then God, fucking damn it
1: yeah but then we get a really cool reveal and i loved this because this was my era of spider-man by the way okay when this shit was going down um when i was most into spider-man wilson fisk wanted to use the tablet to bring his wife back to life but then was basically confronted with the idea maybe she doesn't want you want to come back to you yeah and he's like fine i understand that so i'll give her what she really wants which is to bring her son back to life yeah. And we get the Rose back. I love the Rose. This is fucking cool. So cool. I can't.
2: And what have I been saying since the inception of Nick Spencer's run? And it's, he's just been having such a fun time of just like, let me see the list of Spider-Man rogues that have not been used in the last fuck it, 25 years like for the most part. And let me actually like either build upon them, use them, like have fun with them. Let me just like show them up. Cause like, there's no way they should just be gone just because they were just like these silly one shots so long ago. So to bring in the Rose that was just like, yeah, introduced from like way fucking long ago. Like I guess, yeah. First appearance, Spider-Man 83 from 1970. And he still played. a But not as the Rose. That oh no, no, no just, As a character. Richard Fisk. But yeah. then to still, build, to so. that, but then became his own character. Cause the other editors note of like the reasoning, I was like, fuck, if I won't bring the wife back, I'll bring the son. I, I love that the, they brought that they referenced the the Daredevil run specifically the, mm-hmm. the Bendis run is where that happened and it's like, yep. fuck yes like that's that's fucking do this. like the like Spencer just like fixing fixing uh, a uh, Amazing Spider Man
1: yeah really cool really really do- love it I love the idea of Wilson like think about what we got here yeah we we got Wilson with the rose back but also over in Daredevil we know he has another son yes. And this little crime family they're building. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we get another, like, New York-based crossover, like Shadowland. Oh, Not cause. Shadowland, like, the mystical stuff, but, you know, just based yeah. with those street-level heroes, you know? That'd be really cool.
2: Because for, like, a second here, like, these this page and a half. I don't know if I get two pages because it's a double spread. Oh, the street-level Avengers? I fucking love it. I literally believed I was in Bendis' new Avengers for a second.
1: Yeah, I love it, so... All right, moving on. We're going to talk about our X-Men books, and we're going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, so, Children of the Atom, number three. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, this one actually focuses on gimmick. Yes. So, we are getting all five of them, basically. Um, creative Team, written by Vita Ayala, drawn by Paco Medina, colored by David Curiel, and lettered by Travis Lanham. I think we can confirm they're not mutants. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think they, not exactly the same, but I think they got Fantastic Ford, basically. Okay. yeah. So they make a point that the, they find this space, this abandoned spaceship, and they all get on, and this is then, so this is before this happened. Mm-hmm. They don't have powers at this point. Uh, so we get some cool character development. We find out that, um, is her name Carmen? Yeah, it's Carmen uh, is gimmicks real name. We find out that she's very, very clearly in the buddy Cyclops last. <laughs> so, which is, which is great. Um, and we find out more about her, how she like, she's the one that designs her costumes and she's the person that always tries to help the group, but never takes care of herself kind of person. So yeah, basically they find this abandoned ship. It takes off a spaceship. It takes off and they have to like, you you know, get out of it and everything. And Long story short, they survived, they used escape pods. But this is very much a we-just-got-powers pose. Yeah. And so, I'm pretty sure that's where their powers came from. And that would mean they're not actually mutants, so they're not going to be able to go <laughs> so, um, They might think that they are, but we do see in here that Gimmick has a really, really bad reaction to whatever's happening. So yeah, uh, some yeah. sort of manifestation for sure. So we're going to have to see what happens here because each of them have like the powers they have have been like um, convenient fun powers. Mm-hmm. None of them have gotten like like, you know, horrible twist your body into shapes powers like yeah. some people do. So I hope uh, if they keep following that, I'm like, hope that doesn't happen because it would be really sad, but it would be an interesting way to go about it. So I'm going to do something unusual next. Uh-oh. I'm going to do X-Corp first. Ooh, very very wordy X-Corp. X-Corp number 1. Um usually I save X-Men number 1 for last no matter the the cover or no matter the the story the title, yeah. But no, X-Factor is going last. I don't care. <laughs> um so I got three covers. You got all three fuck. Yeah, I got I got the the Todd Nock, uh portrait cover of Angel. I got the Scotty Young cover, <laughs> and I got the cover A. So, oh, I thought about the Scotty Young one. I want to find the one that's Monet, like dressed uh, really nice, but um, it's hard to find. So, mm-hmm. so basically, X Corps is the company for the X Men and how they're pushing themselves to the world and how they're going to make money. Basically, so who do they pick to run it? Angel and. Eh. And Monet, hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, Angel is one of my least favorite X-Men. I don't think I've ever been able to go on this rant on this show. That's why I'm surprised you got that variant. Yeah, it's a variant. <laughs> like, so, written by Tini Howard, drawn by Alberto fosche colored by Sonny Go, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, basically, X-Court is going to be a company ran by these mutants. They're the ones that are doing the medicines. They're the ones doing all the technology and everything that they're going to be releasing. And they decide throughout this they go on various adventures. First of all, this way I want to ask you, as someone who read it and isn't super familiar with Monet, how fucking great is Monet? she just kicks all kinds of ass. <laughs> like she's the best character. I love her so much. So you see why I've been obsessed with her for so long. <laughs> so um so basically she's just this badass businesswoman the entire time. And then Angel kind of plays like the good guy a little bit. Yeah. And um they discover that there's going to be five people on the board of directors for X Corp, and they're two of them. The second one is Trinary, who is a mutant that can basically hack computers at will. Uh, she usually takes down corporations, so Sid Monet makes her a board member, basically, <laughs> and is like, "Hey, just stay with me, and you'll be taken care of." Essentially. So, uh, meanwhile, Angel is visiting uh, visiting a businessman they signed a an agreement with, and he's trying to Welch on it. So that's what's going on with Angel. But enough of that. Let's get to the most important part of the book. (laughs) Monet and Jamie Madrox meeting up for the first time in a while. I, I fucking love Jamie Madrox. Everybody knows this. It's probably my favorite mutant. I I always forget about him. Like when I think about favorite mutants, but he's probably
2: my favorite. (laughs) Um, Probably probably because he actually does get at least get placed in some books. I'm like, um, Loa.
1: Yeah. I do love Loa. Um, (laughs) I just love her design. She's great. Right. Anyways. um, Yeah. So what I absolutely love is we are probably going to start reading the, the X factor investigations run fairly soon. Oh, Now for sure. (laughs) And literally it just references it because Monet and Madrox were in that together. Mm. So that's why they know each other really well. And she says, you know what I do if my friend, my friend Jamie Madrox called me lady, and she just <laughs> gut punches him as hard as she can. Stupid as dupe, <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's great. And he makes the reference to the dupe stuff where he's just like, yes. really like, like uh, I don't want you know, I only want authorized dupes being here because mm-hmm. don't, I don't want them going rogue and stuff. And I think that's really cool. And again, it goes back to him using his powers creatively, which is the key to Madrox. Yes. Uh, so we'll talk about why in a minute. So. um <laughs> basically she offers him the fourth position on the board and he's kind of like i'm happy what i'm doing i'm you know picking flowers and shit and she's just like she basically gives him a reason we won't get into all the details i don't have to dig too much into it so um so we got trinary we got madrox and then angel's in trouble so monet's like oh we're gonna go uh, save him and we're gonna go pick him up and we find out that the x-corp base can fly the island base the whole island base can fly which is just amazing so they fly over to brazil to save him uh they pick him up and everything and yeah it's just really cool and i love that they um they kind of play it off as like every you know it's it's just another business day like happy friday (laughs) like i really like that (laughs) also I, i like that their uh their title is cxo Instead of CEO, or, CEO yeah. or CFO, you know. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. But, yeah, and then they're doing their thing. Um, the thing I mentioned with Madrox was they blew up the lab where he's doing his research. And he was upset because he didn't get a chance to absorb all the dupes. And what he's been doing is having all these dupes with all of his knowledge, doing all this research, so dozens of them... And then at the end of the week, he absorbs them all and he has all the knowledge they got through the week.
2: Literally, like, the dopest kind of payday, and he didn't get to fucking cash in his check.
1: Yeah. He's like, God damn it. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I think we're going to do a lot of, like, espionage, or, like, corporate espionage shit. And I <laughs> love Madrox and I love Monet. And Trinary is pretty cool, too. And I'm very curious to see who number five is going to be.
2: Yeah. No, this one was for sure. I, I was I, I was seeing not hate, but very much like this isn't this is like the best number one that the Don of X has been pumping out, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess I can kind of agree like this, like this one felt a lot more to take in than like sword did. And sword was yeah. like a whole other fucking monster. And this one was just like opening up a business and it was between four people. Um, but it felt like it was like a lot of stuff like being piled on to just like see how the whole Krakoa thing was going to carry on over like from this. So I think this is for sure. is going to have to like be well, so it can, like brew up even still. Like it was like, but it's ha- it has a favorite. So it's like having Monet shine. is going to be awesome. Angels there that like, yeah. he can still maybe transform um, into Archangel. Um,
1: oh yeah. She hinted at that.
2: But he yeah. Can. But, like, his That's wings so. were starting to transform when he was like kind of taking too much, too many yeah. hits. Um, and then, yeah, I think the start of the show will be uh, J- Jamie Madrox, especially when he won't be just such a, like a, a one punch liner or I like got a, yeah, a one hit liner. So he'd be like, yeah. he's, he, I love the way he's written in for this.
1: Yeah. I'm curious to see who's going to be the fifth person. Yeah. that will be great. And then one thing I really, really like is the fact that there's still two openings on the Krakow and quiet council. And if the hellfire trading club has three spots, X court probably should have one. That's true. And, and I personally would think it would be angel. They could put him next to storm <laughs> yeah. and nightcrawler. That's true. One of the classes, because yeah. even still, like they haven't even like the only two forward. spots are the, uh, Storm and Nightcrawler's group, and then Xavier Magneto and somebody, which I still want to be peeper because that's funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I'm excited to see where it goes, especially going into Hellfire Gala. So yeah. Now, we've recently gotten word that X Factor is ending in issue two, and the only thing we will say about this Marvel is bad Marvel, bad. Why you gotta ruin it? It's so good. It's the best book. Like <laughs> it it's, I think it's our favorite Marvel
2: book. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense, like why it's ending, and especially with this amazing issue we got. The whole amazing series, like from the get go, like it, it never dropped the ball. Nobody ever felt like they were being outshined. Like it, it made it made everybody actually give more shit about uh, uh, not just Doc but Eye Boy of all people. Just became such a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about so, like the speculation after. Let's talk about the issue. Yeah,
1: written by Leah Williams, drawn by David Baldion, colored by Israel Silva, lettered by Joe Caramagna. Magna. Um, so basically, we're wrapping up the Morgan story, where they they're like, okay, we need to kill the Morgan, and uh, they're all using their powers. Which again, I love how the X Factor team uses their powers combined yes. to like to figure things out, which is really fun, like Eye Boy and stuff. And long story short, they find out okay, there's only one person that can end this and um it's great because dawkins like oh we need a blood sacrifice so he cuts himself and uses blood basically <laughs> and we get the we get the prophecy a father to his father a warrior who is no killer a traveler who goes nowhere a secret keeper who shares everything bring an impossibility to battle and win and only then will the morgan admit defeat living on a and i was like i was like oh that's Star! <laughs> like i knew it right <laughs> away because the father to his father thing was kind of an obvious one mm. so um, if you know anything about Shatterstar, so, but then literally David is like, oh, that Shatterstar, <laughs> like I was like, hell yeah, so he's still in Mojo Verse. Well, we're not allowed in Mojo Verse anymore because we broke, we stole Windancer's body. Also, Doc and tried to pull his dick out on live TV, so, um, <laughs> which is still great. And they're like, hmm, we need a, a, a known associates of X Factors have always been warned they'll shoot on site Like known associates, hmm, I may have an idea. What's the name of that child you were telling about? The one with that advanced form of uh, acoustic kinesis. And this page, Josue, how happy were you with this page? <laughs> dude, it was. This page was everything, dude. So we got DJ, who we know from our our new X Men run. Yeah, uh, he's like, does this make me an X Men now? Starring Mark <laughs> Shepherd, aka DJ, as the drummer, and then Layla Chaney, aka Layla Cheney, <laughs> <which is great, laughs> as the guitarist. Uh sure, Sophia, you <laughs> so, Sophia Mantiga, aka Wind Dancer as the band manager. Yes. Noriko Oshida, aka Surge as the ringer. Awesome. And featuring guest star Alison Blair, aka Dazzler, <sighs> the lead vocalist. Um so And then the Dazzler, cameras can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. So Dazzler is actually okay. Let me make sure I get this right. Shatterstar. Is Longshot's father. Mm-hmm. But he's also Longshot's son. Yeah. So I pretty sure if I remember my lore right, and the Cerebro podcast will probably hate me if they listen to this and I get it wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure Dazzler is his mother. Aw. Uh, and she's got the Shatter Star yeah. over her. Yeah. So I was I loved that. So. Basically they're a band going undercover. Uh, to go, and they're singing a song, and basically Magic, Ileana, our favorite, <laughs> shows up, threatens Mojo, and is like, I saw that crock of shit show that you made about me. Basically, X-Corp, already shout out for the new guys, basically says, I can I can sue you, but we're going to do this the hard way. Uh, your partner's with Kirkoa now, sign the, do- the fucking dotted line, basically. <laughs> and Allison finishes her song and says, you're all free now. And so basically all the slaves are freed in Mojoverse. Yeah. This is crazy. Like uh, this is so big. And then Shatterstar is now free. And I love Shatterstar so much. It's Liz's favorite. I would probably say Liz's favorite Marvel character is Shatterstar. Really? She lo- He's also in X-Factor Investigations. Oh, excellent. Later on. So, um, which is referenced again in this book where he's like, thank you for the rescue. They're like, you're one of us. And they're going to leave. It's like, you know. Welcome to Krakoa. Do you know why you're here? To kill. And so we do the whole thing with the Morgan, which is great. It's done really well. Yeah. Um, also, I love that he's basically wearing hot pants. <laughs> I love Shatterstar. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. So he ends up defeating the Morgan, And he kisses Sa- Siren's forehead, says this is an honorable end. And then it's like, it's good to see you again, Siren. And then something happens. Morgan does some kind of spell. It says, to the victors go the spoils and a tendril is attached to him and goes all the way to Richter, which is referenced in X-Factor Investigations. There's this great thing in X-Factor Investigations where Richter doesn't know he's gay, (laughs) Uh (laughs) or that he's bi, at least. And Shadowstar very much knows that he is, and very (laughs) much knows that they're into each other. And it's just really funny. And then he holds his chest and goes, Julio, my love. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. And then the last issue is going to be part of the hellfire gala. So <sighs> I personally think, okay, get, follow me on this. Cause we know Leah Williams is going to write the, um, the trial of Magneto.
2: To which I hate, but let's put a pause on that. I hate that Marvel just decided just to drop that. Like I thought we were all supposed to have fun at the hellfire gala. I know they're supposed to like, like they oh, waited God, long alluded they could, really. to something no. and I get to have to solicit stuff for later on. But uh, not not the intentional spoiler I was I wanted from this, this type of event. Well, we don't know what happens.
0: Yeah. We just
1: know Magneto's on trial. That's literally all we know. Um, she's writing it, and we know that she's using the characters from X Factor. Yeah. It. And they're going to basically investigate what Magneto, or who killed this person that apparently dies. And it's going to be a five-issue mini. To me, this book sold pretty good. Yeah, hell yeah, it did. And it definitely filled a niche. And if they felt like the book wasn't, wasn't profitable, they wouldn't then make it a very key part of the next crossover. Yeah. And the same creative team. You know what I mean? Like I think we're getting X factor in some form coming out of hellfire gala. That's going to be different and we just don't know it yet. This or like,
2: like this book instead of just like, has actually like the word cancel been said out loud about this book. It's just that it's ending. And they said, well, they said issue ten, ten is the last issue, but right, but X Men's also ending. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's <laughs> so, just be like more of a of a break, really. Like it's like more focus. This team take them somewhere else to to this mini, and then either either the team becomes something else, or we can come back to X Factor, so that so people yeah. aren't expecting issue eleven the following month, or we can just we, we can just be like nobody hold your breath. The team is still here doing this trial event. And then after after that, I could just say, like, "Hey, just welcome back to X Factor, either one or eleven, not, like
1: renumbering it." Um, they could rename it. It could be like X Factor. They could go back to X Factor Investigations. Because
2: even you know, still, we were wondering what know? was going to happen yeah. with like Polaris joining the X Men, knowing that part and not being a
1: part of both books. Because this I'm was wondering gonna, if that, you know, yeah, no, I'm sure sure that didn't have any effect in the decision. That doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> but yeah, um,
2: I'm worried. worried about marauders (laughs) i I mean i know right now for sure that feels more definitive about the whole thing instead of just one character so
1: i don't know but x factor has been incredible it's been my favorite x book since Hawkspox. it's like honestly out of all the titles it felt like probably
2: the easiest one if not the best one as like the jumping on point if you needed another title besides x-men x-factor was it it didn't feel it never felt like i mean if you if you read academy x like like we have all the better but it didn't feel like the heaviness of the lore like the way excalibur does
1: yeah and i saw a tweet about this um somebody said no matter what you think of X Factor, it showed so much respect to the Academy X kids. Yes, like oh my god, if I fucking retweeted that one for
2: sure. Because yeah. yeah, it showed nothing but love. Like if it was, like the like were like us as nerds back then, it's like this is like the way you were. It's like this is the shit I was reading. And to be like as a writer, if I had to continue these characters, what would I do with them? Like mm-hmm. this is the perfect book as like a, a continuation from that a love letter to that era. And just like
1: maybe we'll get a new okay i've had this theory for a while Mm -hmm. and i've pointed on the show before but i really think they still need a school of some kind yeah oh that's true and i'm wondering if that they're gonna pivot that way
2: maybe Mm -hmm. because like new new is doing that kind of but it's more like elaborating on like how powers can be worked with one another for like the new generation but we don't have the school
1: yeah like because i mean how easy would it be to take a krakoa and basically make it my hero academia (laughs) like you know what i mean like with squads and shit and they have to like compete against just like academy x you know so
2: i mean we did just get a whole new dump of fresh mutants so we'll we'll see who who's been missing too
1: yeah so i'm excited though oh no me too i think we're we're gonna i i do not anticipate x factor being left in the dust and no one ever hearing about it again this cannot be the end Yeah, and especially because the concept of it, what they need to do, that's an important part of Kirkoan society is to prove that people are dead so they can bring them back to life. Absolutely. Like, so that's that's a role they might have. They might not have their own book, but maybe they will have, you know, they'll pop up in other books or – and we don't know what other books they're going to release soon. You know, they could completely, like, change everything up and, I mean, yeah. It is a shame we have to address the elephant in the room. It is a shame that there's so much LGBT representation in this book and it's going away.
0: Oh yeah. That's Not the for one sure.
1: thing that really sucks. because um, that was one of the things that we absolutely loved, and that's why I believe it won Best LGBT book in our in the year awards last <laughs> year. So Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what the feature what the future brings. Um, I'm gonna miss David Baldion's uh, Dawkins slash Akihiro. Oh, absolutely! Like he draws him better than anyone. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, and just it's just the way he draws everybody. To be honest, like I'm just it's going to be a bummer, but we'll see. Anyways, let's end on a positive note. <laughs> so, um, that is everything I have for books. Hostway, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up before uh, we go? Oh, you you picked up something I got last week did you want to talk about it real quick
2: oh yeah i mean it was it was pretty cool i do i will get the second issue just because like i felt bad for the kid like i get that they were all experiments but you had like the one like the beach scene with like the dude with like the goopy shit and almost yeah. like con- like uh contagion like uh, the other kids and stuff but i felt yeah. bad for like the kid with like the beast inside him where he it's not in control it's not one of those where like I'm in a shit home. So my inner beast is doing this so I can take exact revenge. on like the shit stepdad. Yeah. It was it was more like, no, don't do this. Stop. And like this thing just like taking over is like, Oh shit. Like, we'll see. It, I mean, it was, it was interesting, especially yeah. with like the whole, like where the experiments were taking place. Like the, the selection process was like very grim, very fucking dark. Yeah.
1: And I think they're all going to be animal based. I think the kid on the beach is very much a jellyfish. Oh okay so, yeah right they did look kind of look like burns afterwards so, yeah
2: yeah i see yeah. that um no i did yeah. want to bring up uh just uh to as, as a palette cleanser after just like the speculation right now for x factor which really did suck what did you think of like that new trailer for the
1: green knight did you see it uh it's fucking incredible i know right it's, it's got <laughs> dev patel of course it's incredible <laughs> it's all you need dev patel is an amazing beautiful person and i love him <laughs> no it,
2: so. it looked really cool how, like how serious it's being like considered by
1: like by but still being very mystical like fuck mm-hmm. I, I i'm so excited for this movie really excited uh yeah liz has been waiting very very patiently been a long time for yeah it's gonna be her thing so <laughs> i have a feeling she's almost as much of an arthurian legend nerd as i am oh, that's cool she just doesn't really care about arthur as much she cares about the side characters so yeah yeah cool all right well guys we're gonna let you go uh, cracking in at two hours and thirty five minutes, so we're definitely going to wrap this up. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at WHI Podcast. You can check me out at WHI Podcast Keith, Liz, our producer at WHI Podcast Liz, Hosway at Hosway Reads Hosway. You can check out our sister show, The Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. And you can always check us out on Geek Elite Media, both on the Twitter at Geek Elite Media as well as com. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate your being with us through this rundown of the week of comics. And don't forget to geek out.
3: This concludes our broadcast. Beep.